Hey, this is Alex with Bass and Brews. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So easy, Paul can do it. Welcome to the Bass and Brews podcast, your weekly distraction from other high-quality podcasts. And now, your host, Alex from Swamp Rat Fishing, and the co-hostess with the mostest, the Jabberhammer, Paul Roberts. What is up? Uh, whoa, whoa, oh, you the guest. You ain't supposed to talk yet. Handbone oh, chip. Slow your roll. Slow your roll. This is my podcast. Hey. I ain't here. It's my podcast. All I right. want you to right. Oh, all right. Listen, this podcast just got a lot taller. Uh, well, is all I'm saying. Uh, I, I don't I don't know. We've had some Collins on here now. We've had Alex's Alex Rudd pretty tall, and then we we've had old old Blaine down downfish from queen city he's pretty tall we'll, we'll get figure out how tall you are but first let me let me get through with the intro before you take over damn look y'all welcome to bass and brews podcast your weekly distraction from quality podcast content alex is not here if you haven't listened to the previous few episodes or any at all the last few months he is off he's on a boat somewhere towards the alaskan coast on his last tour, he'll be back in like I think we're at 60, 58 or 60 days. Until then, you got me and what other degenerates that I bring on to this podcast, and we're gonna have a good time. Now you ain't gonna get the same artwork and all that mess that you get on the on the social medias because I just I don't have time for that shit. But we're all gonna have some good times still. Thank y'all for being here tonight. We got a we got a good guest, Hambone Fishing. I, I can't remember his real name, but it don't matter. He's going to be Hambone anyway, and we'll go from there. Hambone, what's up, brother? How you doing today? What up? What up? It's Graham, just like the cracker. You won't forget it now. Mm. How do you pronounce your last name? Is it Rhea or Ray? Yeah. Rhea. That's actually, have you heard it before? Because no one ever gets it right. No, but, you know, I, 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 regardless of how I sound and, and how country I sound, I'm very good at pronouncing words and names for some reason. Hmm. It's a gift I have. Uh, apparent, and, and unfortunately, that gift uh, is, has nothing to do with, with school or education. So <laughs> a lot of good it did be with getting good grades. Uh, uh, I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah. I'm it, only, impressed. it could only be pronounced one of two ways. Yeah. Rhea? Well, Rhea. I don't know. You'd, you'd be surprised. I've gotten... I've gotten Rhea. I've gotten Ray. I've gotten Rhea. Um, I've gotten diarrhea, pizzeria, gonorrhea. Well, um, I mean, you know, those are all valid. Those are all (laughs) valid. My last, my wife's last name was Gassinian and you'd have to see how it was spelled. But when she was growing up, she always got called Sarah Gassman. (laughs) I hear you. So quick little funny story is there was actually a girl in my high school whose last name was Gagne and 
so they were like well we need to like send in this to like the the late show or whatever it was at the time that was popular and they're like it's the Gagne Ria wedding or something like that. <laughs> you know, so it, <laughs> there's been lots of lots of creative ways to uh, to deal with my last name. Gotta have a gotta have a tough skin, a, a thick skin, when you have a name last name like mine for sure. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. And you said that you know you coming on the podcast just got a lot taller. That's yeah. not hard to do since Alex is like four foot two. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's but, not but, bringing the average down. But how you know? how, how tall are you? Are you About really tall? Oh shit, you ain't tall. I mean, you're like you're almost you're almost two Alexes, but you ain't that tall. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, two Alexes isn't bad. You know, that's respectable. I yeah, I, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, it takes four Alexes to equal me in weight. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm I'm probably I'm probably right there behind you. To be honest, well, I'll tell you this: it doesn't look like it. So, Hambone has has a YouTube channel, Hambone Fishing, and I'm sure we'll talk about that tonight. But you, he he looks taller in his videos because because his asshole wears yoga pants when he fishes <laughs> and videotapes and stuff and puts look, it dude, out there for I, people I, to just see. Yeah, I don't want to be sunburned. Uh, like I'm, I'm not a guy who sits there and thinks he's tougher than the sun. Oh, they got sunscreen for that shit. Yeah, who's got time to put that back on when I'm like picking out backlashes I, all day? I do. I put sunscreen. <laughs> Look, the worst is when I have to reapply in the kayak. That's what I'm saying. And and I spray it on my legs, and then I go to stand up, and it looks like I'm in a skating rink on a on a kayak. You know that that yeah, sometimes yeah. can be a little tricky. But yeah. I have learned to put the towel down. And then spray it. That way, I don't get the pedals and the floor of my kayak all messed up. Well, but, yeah. but the yoga pants, and we've talked about this before on the podcast. I think I'm pretty sure we have. The yoga pants is a funny thing. The Queen City kayak bass fishing. They're out of they're out of the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Even though they do fish in South Carolina, a little bit of Georgia, and obviously North Carolina. But that's the thing that y'all do, man. You show up to a, to a kayak tournament, and there's a bunch of Queen City guys there. They rolling around in their yoga pants, man. You can tell, you can pick them out above anybody and everybody else. Look, man. It. I mean, don't knock it till you try it. It's comfortable. You don't have to worry about any reapplying any sunscreen. I've never been sunburnt on my legs. Like I've never had any to deal with any of that. Like you know, <laughs> it's not like hot. It's you know, it's fine. How long have you been fishing with Queen City? Oh, geez. Probably, honestly, I think since at least 2013. Oh, holy shit. You've been doing a long time now. If he's been, no. Yeah, I think so. We're in year eight, I believe. I don't know. They all start to kind of run together. But, uh, I mean. But a long time. A long long time. time. Long time. I think the first. The first event I ever did, I was in a paddle kayak that was not comfortable at all. Um, you know, and I, I remember times we were we were excited about like fifty to sixty people. Now, if we had fifty to sixty people in an event, we'd be like, "What happened?" <laughs> you know, like well, y'all can have y'all can have the most inclement weather there is, and there's still a hundred people. Oh yeah. Oh my, man! My, my question leading up to asking that question was, who was the first person since you've been in since the inception? It sounds like who was the first person that showed up to a damn Queen City event to the awards 
in some yoga pants. And then 99% of the other guys were like, you know, that's a good ass deal. Do you remember who, who started that trend for y'all? Vinny. <laughs> that was Vinny. Leave, sure, it 100%. New, leave it to the damn New Yorker. Listen, yoga pants and down here. In the I'm glad he did. I'm glad he did. Cause I was, you know, those first couple events, I was just miserable after those events, like just sitting on my kayak and just being roasting and then getting off the water and just feeling like couldn't move because <laughs> everything hurt, uh, sunburnt. But yeah, he was, he was the first one. I was probably one of the early adopters of it. And now you've got, you know, a lot of other guys that that'll wear the, wear the leggings. So <laughs> there's plus, do, trust do me. Do y'all get the Lulu lemon discount? For <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a good, that's a good idea. Actually, you know, he's he always had reached out to Lulu lemon. He no. needs to, because yeah. y'all, y'all, that would be, cause I mean, look, oh, that would be the best. So that you've would been, be so best. you have at least kayak fishing since 2013, 2014. Did you? Hey, what? What's your fishing story before that? Did you fish before that? And and were you in a boat? Did you just hop into the kayak after that? Like, what's what's the story with your fishing? So, I mean, I've fished all my life. You know, I grew up in Michigan, and up in Michigan, I was you know I was a bobber lobber. You know, my dad and I'd go fishing. We just put some put a minnow or some worms under a hook and hope for the best. You know, we did a lot of fishing from shore. Um, we had like, I think like an aluminum boat at one point, like 16 foot aluminum boat that we'd, you know, try to get out on. And we do a lot of like in Michigan, there's like a bazillion lakes, but a lot of them, you got to kind of know somebody to get on any of the good ones anyway. So we would do a lot of that. And, and, um, you know, and then I played a lot of sports. So kind of our summers were limited and I do some ice fishing and stuff too, but nothing ever super crazy. Um, but then, you know, Michigan obviously is great for camping and, and just being outdoors. And I got into a kayak one time when we were just doing like a river float. My parents were in a, a canoe. I was in a kayak and we were just going down the river. And I, that's, that was it. I was like, this kayak is the best. I wish I had a fishing a fishing rod with me so that I could fish while we're doing this. And after that, we, you know, we went out and got kayaks and they were the most uncomfortable things you could possibly imagine. <laughs> my feet couldn't even, it was a sit in and my feet couldn't even straighten up in them. So my feet were like this forced forcibly all day. And oh, I'd be miserable when I got off the water. Probably still feet, be out there. just just the contour of the plastic. Oh, it was flat bottom. <laughs> like it was, I think it was maybe 12 foot long, just awful. And then, um, and then we upgraded to another set of paddle kayaks. And then I, you know, then I started fishing with queen city, but, and obviously there's a lot of years that went on between there. Um, so I've been fishing out of a kayak for a long time. What what year did you start fishing out of that kayak? Do you remember? Ooh, probably in 2005, 2006. Because that's I would. Super, yeah, that's super yeah, early for long, kayak realm. I mean, even yeah. when you were talking about starting in Queen City in 2013, that was that was just the beginning of, mm-hmm. of like the kayak starting to, you started to see a lot. Because I started, I found kayak fishing and I think 
2014 or 2015, somewhere mm-hmm. somewhere around in, in, in that end of 2014, early 2015 is when I started seeing a lot of kayak fishing on the internet. So you were, you were kind of early adopter of the kayak fishing world. Yeah. I remember, uh, between my freshman and sophomore year of college. So this is like 2006 ish. Um, I would come, I came home between the year for the summer and my buddy and I would take those two kayaks and we'd load them up in the back of my truck and we'd head to this pond that my dad, my dad's buddy lived on and this place was great it it was loaded with like pound to two pound bass and we would set up an ultralight rod with a banjo minnow and be out there (laughs) for hours just catching fish after fish after fish after fish and that was that was a big part of kayak fishing for me and then you know once i graduated college and i moved down to charlotte um I didn't fish for a couple years because I was 25 and I was partying a lot and doing a lot of drinking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, regardless of what anybody says, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm just a wuss, but I couldn't stay up till two, three in the morning and then get up at five, <laughs> just hammered still and, and hit the lake. You know what I mean? So uh, there was a lot of that, but then, you know, I, I met, who would become my wife and just kind of settled down our weekends kind of got a little slower and and i started fishing a lot more a lot more uh you know every weekend and i'd be going out and and then the tournament started i actually met Vinny out on the water on mountain island lake as it were uh just before one of his tournaments and uh, he talked me into fishing one of the events and that was, I caught a limit in my first event ever. And, you know, one of the, the old, uh, the guys that doesn't, the guy that doesn't fish a lot of, a lot of tournaments anymore, Saturday Mel. Um, yeah, I, I don't know him, but I know of him. He, he, medias. he was, he was the man. He was the man still is. But, um, I just remember like looking at guys like Saturday and Vinny and John Ladd and some of those other guys that were just hammering them uh you know at those events and i'd i'd come back with like because we didn't have a four fish limit so i'd come back with like 55 inches thinking oh man you know maybe i got like a shot or something <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> and and they're they're posting like at that time they were posting like you know 65 inches which was like oh wow holy cow 65 that's crazy. Now you look at the, you're not like 76, mm-hmm. 77 inches in queen city. You're, you're just not gonna, you're probably not even going to be top 10, you know? So it's, I've been around a while. I've been here and there. Um, a couple seasons I've missed a little bit, uh, you know, some events and stuff, but I fished, I think three or four, uh, tournament of champions with queen city. Um, and those are always fun, man. It's just a completely different mindset. Like you're, there's no points, nothing. You're just going out to fish, catch the big fit, catch big fish. That's it. Which, you know, should be your mentality every time, but you know, sometimes you get carried away with the points and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and you have a YouTube channel, hand bone fishing. When did you start that? Uh, about three years ago. Why in the hell did you 
been kayak fishing this long. I'm sure you saw the damn YouTube kayak stuff back in 2013, 14, 15, all that. And you decide you you started too late, man. I didn't, man. I, I I did not I did not get into like watching anything on YouTube for years. I think the the you know, just like everybody else, and this is I'm probably gonna catch some shit for this, but the the channels that got me into it, into like the the whole YouTube game and everything was was the Guggen Squad back before they were the Guggen Squad. Yeah. You know, fish in the Midwest, um, you know, uh Peric, God, that guy was, he was such a, a disaster when, you know, when he first kind of started and stuff, but like, for sure, you know, and then, and then I found, you know, Blanchard and, you know, all the big names. Um, and I was just like, you know, that looks, that looks fun. And so I just kind of started messing with it and I just kind of kept it rolling. Um, you know, there really honestly wasn't a whole lot of rhyme or reason behind why I started and, and what I, really hoped to accomplish with it um you know but i i I like to see for me i kind of use it as a little bit of a journal you know like a fishing Mm -hmm. journal and and like i like to look back at some of the old videos like what was i doing this time last year and you know if i caught them then i'll try to find that same situation if i didn't then i'll look for something new but obviously every year is kind of different so um that's kind of why I got into, into the whole YouTube thing. Um, you know, obviously, uh, my mom always watches my videos and she comments and everything too. So like, she's my biggest fan. So, like, you know, uh, she likes to watch them and, you know, it, it helps, it helps you stay connected with people too. Um, yeah. you know, you, you develop friends in the, uh, you know, that make content that put content mm-hmm. out and, you know, they might be states away or, you know, you don't see them very often, but you get to follow their fishing and that kind of stuff. So it's fun in that regard. And, and, you know, I always look at it too, as kind of like something that helps me stay grounded. Cause the thing that I hate the most and, and some things that I've been guilty of a hundred percent is thinking that my day was way better than it was and exaggerating. And I can go back and just kind of humble myself. Like, dude, you only caught like four fish. You, your day wasn't that good, <laughs> you know, like I got a limit. The, and yeah, the fish you that you caught <laughs> weren't that big. Okay. So let's just chill, you know? So, um, that was a big part of it too. I just, I wanted to have something to, that I could just kind of look back on and, and just kind of, you know, relive some of those days, you know, and some of those struggles. And, you know, you, when you lose that big fish at the boat in a tournament on Lake Hartwell, that would have put you in the money um you know you you can look back at it and be frustrated and see what you did wrong well uh, this podcast was is was and is still built off of content creators mm-hmm. the majority of people we have on here 99 plus percent create some kind of content via youtube instagram tiki tac um podcasts whatever it is they're creating content and we we have folks on that have tens of thousands of a YouTube subscribers and people that have less than a thousand and everywhere in between and all that. And so we, we look at the content. That's how we find people and reach out to people and and invite them home. And so we, we see a lot of it. What I like about your channel is, and I found it because of kayak fishing. When I started kayak fishing in January of 21, 
December 20, that's what I started looking for was, was kayak fishing local to me. And I'm in the Raleigh area, which is about two and a half hours away from where you are in that, that Charlotte area. I look for local, right? I was looking mm-hmm. for folks that were fishing the local waters so I could one, see who was out there and see what they're doing, all that, all that stuff, trying to learn the lakes. And yours is one of them that I found. But when we look at the content, you know, you have some of these people that have the long form content creation and YouTube specifically, right? We'll talk about YouTube. Mm-hmm. They have that long form. They have those 20, 30, 40 minute videos. And I like those, but it takes a special person to be able to engage an audience for that long. You either got to be catching a lot of fish. Well, not even that. You can catch big fish and a lot of fish. But to put all that together into something that's going to keep somebody looking at for 30 minutes. And Greg Blanchard is probably one of oh, the best, best ones out there for that. He can go catch two fish and create a 25-minute video, and I'll watch every second of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good at it. Yeah. Your videos are on the shorter end, right? I think yours are like 10 to 15 minutes typically. Yeah, if I have a good day, um, mm-hmm. I try to get I try to get most, you know, most if not all fish catches in the video. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's a tiny little dink or I occasionally catch a fish over two pounds, um, I try to get that in there and, and just kind of show like, you know, I, I wanted to show, you know, kind of like Josh with abide fishing is like it's not all rainbows and sunshine when you're out on the water. Like there is so <laughs> well, much that, that goes a, wrong. That job <laughs> from a bi fishing has a fucking thunderstorm cloud <laughs> that follows him around. It's yeah. gotten better. He's got some clear skies here more recently, mm-hmm. but he has some of the funniest shit. Happening oh my God. Together. It's hilarious. I mean, it is. It is awesome. It, but yeah, you're and, and see, that's the thing about yours though, is that they're shorter videos, but it's, it's straight to the point, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's what I like. There are some channels that I don't watch as much anymore because they do have the longer things. And it's just if people are talking to the camera and they're talking about what they're doing and, you know, they're, they're telling a story. That's one thing. But just watching, you know, a 20 minute video with 15 minutes of silence with some catches and stuff, it's hard to stay engaged. What I like about yours is they're shorter, but there's there's that engagement. There's that consistent engagement throughout the video, and it, it's good. I mean, you, you talk about what you're doing. You show the fish you're catching. Typically, they're tournament videos that I'm watching. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about the body of water you're on, what you're doing. And and I think that that's what keeps the people engaged. There's a, there's a storyline there, and you stick to that storyline of what it is. But that's also to show – people that are thinking about or just starting the YouTube journey is that you don't have to have these super, mm-hmm. super great productions that are 30 minutes yeah. long, that you can tell a really good story in 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, and we talked about this with Ryan when he was on about his are like 12 minutes long. That's his goal, 12 minutes. And it's the same thing. You know, it's really good content from the aspect that's straight to the point. There's not a lot of downtime. There's not a lot of just, you know, casting and nothing happening and you not yeah. talking and your content's yeah. really good. And it's a good way for folks that are looking to get into this is in, you know, the videos that I post once every three months, that's what I've tried to entail is something that short shows the fishes, 
add in what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. And, you know, when, when shit goes wrong, I always want that in there. Yeah. And it's best to, you know, I've actually experimented with doing some like, and I actually, you know, I got the idea from Greg Blanchard is he would do some of these videos. And in his case, he was trying to catch up on like editing and his uploads, but like he would do 30 minutes of unedited fishing Mm -hmm. videos uh, of fishing time. And, and, I always thought those were pretty interesting because you get, obviously it's a longer form of video and you're, you're looking at some certain things, but like you get to see like, all right, man, he's making a cast, but like he didn't catch, he didn't catch a single fish, let's say, but you kind of get the process of what that person goes through in that 30 minutes of time, because in fishing you can fish, you know, several different areas like a dock a, a riprap bank, a laydown, and anything else in that 30 minutes. And it just kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of what that person's doing. And, um, you know, so if anybody's like looking to get into it, man, obviously the best thing is to start yesterday, you know, just start, you're going to suck at first. It's going to be bad. It's going to be awkward. You know, it's talking to the camera is tough ask anybody they're they sit there and they're like uh um uh <laughs> and you look at even some of the youtubers that are really big i've been watching a lot of saltwater youtube recently because i've just got this itch that i need to scratch with with saltwater fishing um you and know catching baby wipes that'll help <laughs> i know right and and some of these some of the guys that some of the bigger guys are like um uh uh, um, when they're talking to the camera. So it's, if you're getting into it and I would encourage everyone to, to do it just because even if nobody watches it, it's fun to just go back and watch your own videos to just see how you did. did uh, keep track of your days, use it as a journal. Um, yeah, it is just it, um, yeah I know. That's it, what I'm saying. Can't even take your own advice. Well, I know. And, and, and Josh, Josh, We'll harp on him because both of us know him and he's been on the podcast previously. He's a great example of that in that he didn't have a lot of experience mm-hmm. in the kayak and his fishing was, was limited when he first started and he didn't have a lot of views, but now he's grown a, he's grown a really he's, good channel, but he's, he's been, he puts it out and he puts it out once a week. He's consistent mm-hmm. when he puts his content out consistent he's grown his channel. Big and time. you're right. Nobody's going to watch that shit except for friends and family when you first start. Mm-hmm. And they're not even going to watch it all. They're just going to go over there. They're going to watch a few seconds of it, hit the like button, yep. maybe comment, and then get off. Yeah. But you know, that's what that's what starts to generate it. It comes mm-hmm. down to podcasting. You know, when when Alex started this, and when I came on, I was on. You know, I came on as a guest co-host on episode twelve, so we were pretty much brand new. We. The, the listens grew as we stayed consistent with the content we put out. We started to realize who our crowd was that wanted to listen to the debauchery that we talk about. And, and that's this, but we continued to put out the content. That was the biggest thing. We we're consistent mm-hmm. with it. So anything that you're doing on social media, from Tiki Tack to Instagram to YouTube to podcasting, just like you just said, just get do it. it. There. Just put it, it out there. there. Don't worry about, what it's like, you'll mm-hmm. improve, and maybe you don't need to improve. Maybe, maybe the rawness and you fucking up and being an idiot is is what you need to be. Because- I mean, those 
those are some of the best videos. I mean, you know, like some of the some of the best videos that that Josh has are just the most ridiculous things happen. Like you know, rolling and they open ransom. Oh man, it's so good. But but, uh, and, but that's the other thing too is so many people try to make it perfect, mm-hmm. and it and yeah. by perfect, not the editing, not the video, but the fishing aspect of mm-hmm. it. They take out when they get. You know, when they set the hook and the and the damn lure flies back behind you and you got eight poles sticking up behind you and it wraps around <laughs> six of them and you know, you know, that kind of shit like that. I try to put that into mine because that's Absolutely. That's, the, that's the shit that happens. Stuff yeah. happens on a stupid ass old plastic kayak that never happens in any other fishing. I mean, I, I had a tournament this past weekend. I caught a, the biggest white perch I've caught all year. I think it was like 13 or 14 inches. And I was on a drop shot. I get it up, and it has the drop shot somehow. I couldn't have tied the <laughs> knot any better. And y'all may or may not see it. It's recorded. And, you know, I cuss a lot, and I'm throwing shit in the boat and all this and that. But that's the kind of stuff that I like to put in there because people try to make it too perfect from the sense mm-hmm. of that fishing day. But in reality, we don't see enough of the real world shit that's going on in that little boat or any boat a big boat you know the tangles the hang-ups the the lure flying back at your face and shit like that i think those are the things that get people drawn in and they can relate to it it's relatable that's that's the biggest thing is it's relatable i mean who goes out and has a perfect day of fishing if you have a perfect day of fishing you're not fishing hard enough Mm -hmm. you know you're not if i don't have three if i don't have two rods just sitting down on the on the floor of my kayak and just waiting to be tangled up in a fish that runs straight at the kayak and right. into those lines then it's not a day efficient i mean i had a tournament on lake norman i was fishing i had a drop shot rod set up and of course the weight and everything else was hanging off the front of the boat and i was i had made a cast and the wind was was whipping a bit that day and i skipped a a stick bait under under a dock and i was just kind of letting it soak and all of a sudden you know i started reeling it in and the fish must have just grabbed it and just sat there because didn't do anything and i started reeling i realized i had a fish on and by that time i was like three feet past the kayak so i'm fighting this fish around a piling and I finally get the fish out and then he runs straight at the boat and straight into the, the drop shot line. I mean, <laughs> the tangle on it was, I mean, I just had to cut it out when I got done, but I landed the fish and like, that's the kind of stuff that you just kind of hope to have. And especially when it happens during a tournament, you're just that much more excited that you landed the fish. But like, that's the stuff that happens when you're out fishing and you're out doing it. And these, you know, one rod sitting uh, out on the deck and you're just catching fish and this, that, and the other, like, it's cool to see people catch fish, but I also want to see people like, you know, skip a jig under a dock and pick out a backlash for five minutes and then realize that there's a fish on there and then try to, and then land it. Like that's, that's the kind of stuff that really interests me. And like, that's the kind of stuff I'm absolutely a hundred percent including. I try to always include myself picking out a backlash in like every one of my videos because it happens constantly, especially when I'm skipping a jig. I have, I have talked to people about this picking out backlash shit because (laughs) I, I I think it was on the last episode. I, I, hell, I can't damn remember, 
I think it was, but we were talking about it, you know, oh no, uh, it was an episode with uh, Armando and Basquiat and beers that hadn't come out yet, but I've talked about it on this before. You know, I, I throw with either, I throw Shimano. So all the, all the braking system is, is as loose as I can get it for the most mm-hmm. part. There are a couple that I don't, but anyway, so I tend to have a, a I, I thumb it. So I tend to get some, backlashes and stuff like that man if you if you get a bad backlash the first thing you gotta do is crank that down crank crank your drag down as tight Mm -hmm. as you can do it reel it in three or four times with your thumb on the line pressing where it's hard to Mm -hmm. reel in and then start peeling it out when you hit that next knot put your thumb on the line pressure reel it in i i can't tell you how many how many birds nest that since i learned that technique that how much time has saved me. Oh yeah. How much time, how many times that instead of just reeling it in and saying, fuck it and throwing that reel (laughs) in the back and forgetting it's there, that hasn't happened. Or, or in, 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 then what do you have to do? You have to go home and you got to take $30 worth of floor (sighs) carbon you just put on there and you're cutting it out. Mm -hmm. I haven't had to do that. Now, sometimes that should be bad enough that two or three casts later, I sling that crankbait out there and I see the crankbait still going. I'm like, and my my reel's not spinning because you know it got a little kink in the line. And that I did that with it. I did that with a jackhammer, uh, oh. you know, early early spring, and <laughs> I was I was catching fish on it, and you know I was I was fishing this long like break wall, and it was perfect spot for it. It was you know just a, a shad colored jackhammer, and it's like ah oh, sweet, you know I just just gave it my all in this cast and there it goes and i just watched it fly i'm like <laughs> you could, that's all you can do i've done it with a rigs oh i can't tell you how many a rigs i've lost like not using heavy enough braid and the braid gets a little frayed and then uh you know just you got this big long butt of a rod and i'm just like just putting everything into it and it just <laughs> like Lake Wiley has probably close to $150, $200 worth of A rigs from oh. me. You know, and I'm throwing like Shane's Bates A rigs. So, you know, you get the A rig, which is like 20 bucks, 20, $25. Then mm-hmm. you have all the jig heads. Then you have all the Kitex. <laughs> and so you're like 30 to $45 in at this point, And it's just gone. <laughs> There's nothing you could do about it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then the next fish you catch is a giant catfish that just oh yeah yeah oh, all man dude I, every I, time I, I just started drop shotting this year and okay. I should have started it last year because two of the guys that I that boat fish and I hop on their boats every now and again they they would just wear them out last fall they were wearing them out and I didn't get into it I I didn't I didn't want to tie the 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 damn leader right. I just didn't want to fool with that shit because primarily my lakes here are pretty dirty. So I don't like, there's no, it's just straight braid. Right. So I started trying to fish a drop shot with straight braid. Well, that shit don't work because the hook sags and yeah. the braid gets, the braid gets tangled in there too much. Right. It, it's never, never right. So I've, I've learned how to tie it, blah, 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 this and that. I'm getting to a point where here, fuck catfish. So I started fishing it. My God, that is the best catfish lure I have ever thrown in my damn entire life. I have got, I have, I caught an eight pounder one day and I learned two things. One, I had a good hook and two, 
the knot that I'm tying, I don't know what the fuck, I don't know what the fuck the name of the knot is. I, I tie a fisherman's knot and I tie another fisherman's knot. I'm tie, I pull it tight and it goes. But this, it took me 10, nine or 10 minutes to get this eight pound catfish in. It's bzzz, oh, bzzz, yeah. I got a, oh, yeah. a, a light rod. It's just a, it's a shit show dragging me all around on my damn, my, my, uh, my kayak. But I have caught the biggest catfish I've caught here. And ever since I moved from South Carolina, I was fishing Santee. I've come on the drop shot here. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, they fuck it all up. I usually have to retie it because they, they mm-hmm. always, the way that hook goes and the way mm-hmm. they roll and shit, they always fray up your uh, above the hook on the leader. God, yeah. that was that was, that was me good. on the Hobie when, when we had the Hobie on Lake Norman. With, when it was in conjunction with the Queen City event on Norman, I was fishing day two and I was, I think I caught everything but bass that day. Um, <laughs> I had a couple hybrids on that I thought, you know, were just like, hell yeah, I'm on them now. And uh, I caught a couple of those and then I caught probably, probably about an eight to 10 pound catfish uh, on a drop shot, just a little four inch robo worm. You know, just it was I think it was early March. I was just fishing around docks with a uh, with a drop shot, just flipped it up into a dock and then boom. And then I set the hook and then it just and I'm sitting here like probably 10 minutes. I'm like, I'm wasting so much time (laughs) fighting this fish right now. Yeah, and uh, that's, that's the problem. You, that's, yeah, because you know you're using you're using a spinning rod. You don't you know you have like very little leverage, and it's just pulling you all around, and it's it's a mess. But yeah, you're right. Catfish love that drop shot, and well, you know what, what I learned is is typically when I catch a catfish, I can tell pretty early when it's yeah. a catfish. Well, come when I started using this drop shot, and I've caught. I mean, I've probably caught eight fish between four and six pounds bass on it um, mm-hmm. in, in the last three or four months. And when you're fishing in like 15 foot of water or so, those bass, like I would I'd hook it. Matter of fact, shit, last Friday I hooked one. It was four pounds and I hook it and I'm like, damn, this feels like a catfish. And because they do a lot, just a lighter rod and stuff, they do a lot mm-hmm. more digging. It felt like catfish felt, and get it to the side of the boat. I'm like, holy shit, where's my net? That ain't no damn catfish. <laughs> yeah. But that's the yep. other problem about catching those stupid ass catfish on that thing. When it's big and and we don't have our visibility in my lakes here on a good day, 16 inches. Mm-hmm. You know, usually it's, it's mm-hmm. 12 inches or less. So you don't know until that thing gets to the boat <laughs> what you have. And I still haven't fished it enough to to tell those little nuances. So mm-hmm. now, every time I say it's a catfish, hoping it's a bass, of course. But, I, but I fight it every time, like it's because I don't know what it is. Yeah. I damn sure don't want to lose it and it be a bass, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah this this is that's another that's another thing about fishing that damn kayak, man. You just you you it's hard to control that fish on light gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, For sure, yeah. it's, For it's sure. hard to do that. But yeah, y'all y'all catch some y'all catch some massive fish over there in the wild, especially in Norman. All y'all's videos y'all post when y'all catch catfish out of Norman, y'all catch some <laughs> damn big ass catfish. Bass. Yeah. yeah, there's some there's some big ones swimming around over here. We you know we'd I'd like to replace some of those big catfish with some some bigger spotted bass, but 
you know, Wiley's been a kind of on a downswing. I haven't fished Wiley much lately. Uh, well, I've heard it's kind of pretty much fucking suck for bass fishing. Well, I think it's kind of where, you know, and I'm no biologist and I might be talking out of my ass here, but I think it's kind of in that situation where Norman was about five to 10 years ago, where it's just kind of the spotted bass are really starting to take over. And it's kind of because you used to be able to go out on Wiley and catch mainly largemouth. And now that we've got all these spotted bass coming in down from Wiley or from Norman and from Mountain Island, it's just, you know, maybe I just suck at fishing, which is probably the most likely, but <laughs> you know, the, uh, Wiley is just not, it's not producing for me as well as, you know, a Norman is right now. Um, I mean, I got a buddy that caught an absolute monster of a spotted bass, probably, probably close to a six pound spot wow. out of Norman. Um, I can't remember. It was, it was like over the winter. It was in some of the colder months down here, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's whew. a big ass damn spot. Oh man, I bet, he thought he had, I bet he thought I had. I bet he thought he had jaws on the end. Of oh man, yeah, there. for sure. And, that, and that's what's fun about Norman is is it it really ramps up in the in the winter. I mean, those spotted bass get real angry, and uh, we're we're starting to get into that time where Norman really starts to get more fun than yeah. what it is now. Yeah, and you know, all lakes go through cycles mm-hmm. yeah. of, of fish. You know, you have you have a couple couple bad years of of hatches and stuff like that. And obviously, I think the Wiley and Norman. What what the hell is that? Is that the Catawba River chain? Oh, it's one hundred percent the Catawba chain. Okay, the so Catawba chain. Yeah, and so they're getting inundated with the spotted bass, and yeah. so what you're seeing is 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 that transition of them getting established in the, mm-hmm. the large mouth getting pushed out or whatever happens mm-hmm. but you add that in so my home lake is sharon harris and six years ago sharon harris was one of the top five lakes in the country mm-hmm. i mean people were catching 40 pound bags no i remember there. i remember the the buzz yeah. around that like, what was it, like a here, yeah yeah so yeah, that tuc was interesting they had, but but there was grass here at the time. Mm-hmm. They killed the grass, and these fish are having to completely change, you know how they how they did. But just in general, lakes go through cycles. We see it all the time with major lakes. Mm-hmm. They go through those cycles where you have just fucking monster fish, and then nothing, mm-hmm. and then it comes back. Mm-hmm. So it's it's these places that manage their lakes really good are the ones that the cycles are, are shorter when the fishing's the, the fishing is bad and that cycle is shorter. Well, and that's, you know, and there's a lot of other stuff that goes along with the lakes around here. Like obviously Sharon Harris doesn't have any residential area around the lake. No. You know, there's no, there's no people living on the lake, which is basically all of Lake Norman, all of Lake Wiley, all of mountain Island. Like there's, yeah. it's, if you like it's fishing, go there. Oh, docks for days you you could you could probably fish a different dock for like a week two weeks straight and just not fish the same dock ever and not run out of docks for a, a week or two and, and our lakes here jordan jerry harrison falls have no residential have and no see that's Nothing. That's what kind of scares me because like docks are my comfort zone so like <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here looking at this this uh this event on yeah you know, Jordan and, and falls. And I'm like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? Well, we've got, uh, <laughs> we've got a ton of laydowns and a yeah, laydown, right. a laydown is a dock. I mean, yeah. it's the same, same thing. Of course, 
they're they're you know the the it's you can you can relate the the mm-hmm. structure or, yeah, or yeah. the cover for both, but that's that's the same thing when you come up here. Depending on what lake you yeah. fish, you can you can target laydowns. But the problem in a kayak with that is is you know you can't run. 10, 15 miles, yeah. you hit a bunch of lay down. So you got to pick a place that has a bunch. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I'm going to probably struggle. But, you know, and, and just to get back to that, you know, like Norman and Wiley and stuff, like, you know, everybody's, like you said, they killed the grass and Sharon Harris. And that's a big part of why, you know, some of that fishing isn't as great as it was. And that's the same thing they're doing on, on Wiley and Norman. And no homeowner wants to have, you know, their lakefront property choked out with grass, Yeah. you know, as much as all the, the, the anglers want to have, you know, big grass mats and, you know, lily pads and all this other fun stuff to fish, you know, the, these guys that, you know, have all this money, they're like, I don't want this stuff in my yard. I don't want the, the bugs that go along with it. I don't want any of that. And I want to be able to walk out on my sandy little beach and, you know, put my feet on that hard clay and just relax on, on the lake. So, you know, you, you're kind of stuck with docks. Like that's really, I mean, there's a couple spots, like if you get up on the Northern part of Lake Norman and, you know, into the river and stuff, you can, you can find some good natural areas, but I mean, the vast majority of that lake is, is docks. That's going to be your main, your main focus in most cases, unless you're good at fishing offshore, which I'm not. So it stocks for me. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happened with Harris is the, the fish are still there, but the fit, when you have all that grass, the fish tend to be shallower, which means they're mm-hmm. typically easier to fish for. Right. Uh, you have a weed line to follow. So you have something as humans, we have something visual to follow mm-hmm. and visual to throw at. And then when you take the grass out, those fish, they're always structure oriented. But now these fish, the structure, they want to be feel safe. So they're going to be deeper because they don't have, you know, the shade from the grass and all that, all the protection that the grass has. Those fish are now going to be deeper. And now you have to go instead of catching them at eight foot of water on a grass line, you got to go to 15 foot of water or 20 foot of water to mm-hmm. fish for them. They're still there, but they spread out more and they're harder to find. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're harder to fish for because you don't have, we don't have that visual line to throw out yeah. say and that's that's it i've got bo i got so here's a here's a funny story we've got a guy out here on shared harris i would put i would put a thousand dollars on him against anybody on that lake boat kayak it don't damn matter so he's fishing a monthly i think it was just june monthly for our local club he has 102 inches give or he has 102 or 102 and a half something 102 inches and at two o'clock, TD calls his site or texts him and says, Hey, man, I got to DQ all your fish. He's like, Ooh. What? He goes, Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if you're dyslexic, but you might want to get checked out because you wrote your identifier backwards. And so he switched up the last two letters of the identifier. Oh, no. At two o'clock, by four o'clock, by four or five o'clock the same don't, day, don't he had tell a, me. He had a he had a hundred and one inches. <laughs> oh man. He had a tournament out there in July. Second place had eighty three. I came in third with eighty one. He had a hundred and one and a quarter. God. 
So, I mean, you know, the fish are out there and there's some yeah. other, there's some other people that fish out of boats down here that post pictures of big fish, but you know, the, the fish are still there. Mm-hmm. You just have to, you have to really get on in and, and fish for them like that. But he's something else, man. I mean, you're talking about, you about catching over 200 inches of fish in a day. I mean, that's, that's insane. That is, yeah, that's crazy <laughs> as hell. That's crazy as hell for sure. So yeah. do you do strictly kayak fishing? Do you ever hop in a boat with anybody? Do you any, do any other kinds of fishing? Yeah, I mean, I've been, uh, you know, I've been blessed to be on the back of Chris Goodwin's boat a couple times. Um, we fished a couple, a couple times, David Golding will, you know, he'll call every now and then and we'll, we'll go out and fish, but you know, vast majority of the time it's, it's me just by myself in a kayak. It's just, you know, it's comfortable. Um, my parents have a, like a, a Carolina skiff that I keep over here and it's not really set up for fishing, but I just don't, I just feel it just, it's foreign, you know, it's, it's just really foreign to me. I don't have everything that I'm comfortable with right, you know, in my circle here. It's just, it's just different. Like as, as nice as it would be to, to just, you know, put the hammer down and, and head on off to another, another point or whatever it is that you're fishing. Um, it's just not as comfortable. So I, I tend to do a lot of my fishing out of a, yeah. out of a kayak. Except, except in the middle of August, when it's 101 degrees outside with 60% humidity, you're like, oh. what if I'm going to get the skiff. Dude, it's, it's brutal, man. We, you know, we just had, we just had the, uh, the Queen City or the Emerald School of Excellence charity event, which is always a lot of fun, man. If you ever get a chance to fish that one, uh, and, and come over in August, dude, it's, it's every August. And we've had a couple different, uh, a couple different formats. One of the ones that I thought was the best was kitty rods. You'd go oh. buy your Spider-Man, your pretty, your, you know, like your My Little Pony or your Spider-Man or whatever little kid's fishing rod, put 20 to 40 pound braid on it, and then <laughs> you'd go out fishing. And I've got a couple of videos of those, of, of some of those days. And man, those were the best. Like you'd have... You'd have these guys out here in like five thousand dollar kayaks, like Hobie PAs, native <laughs> and a Titans, Mickey Mouse pole with a Mickey Mouse rod, fishing, and you know you're you're throwing like a whopper plopper, and you're just like, <laughs> and then you get a bite, and you're like, and, and the, the the rod's like completely bent. Oh, dude, it's so much fun, and you know you're trying to skip you're trying to skip like a jig or like a, a stick bait or something under a dock. And you're just like the rods this long. <laughs> you're just like, what is going on? But man, Look, what the those fuck's were wrong with y'all. We already, we already get picked on enough by the boat guys. Talking about looking a little damn, look at little swan boats out here and this and that shit. And then y'all got a tournament with 120 people out there fishing with, with damn <laughs> Batman and Spider-Man rods and a bass boat comes by and goes, what the fuck is this guy doing? Fuck it, man. I, I'm out here to have fun, dude. Where this is for charity. This is like if if you guys don't if if the listeners don't know what the Emerald School of Excellence is either. Like it the all the money for this event goes to charity. Like it's it's all raffle based. Like you get more raffle tickets the better you finish. And uh, you know the Emerald School of Excellence is like a recovery high school. So people who are struggling with like addiction and mental health issues get a second chance basically to get like a GED and, you know, like get their life back on the right track. So that's why I think this event 
that event is so much fun for everyone is it's no pressure. It's, it, you know, everybody's doing crazy stuff. And we had the Kitty Rod event. And then this year, the last two or three years, um, it's been with, with Biz Bates and True South. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really cool way to, like, completely even the playing field. Everybody pays $75 and they're handed a bag of baits, $75 worth of biz baits and true South tackle. And that's the only thing that you can use for the entire event. So you get a, a V twin buzz bait, you get some sassy sticks, you get a couple jigs, some Ned rig stuff and some shaky heads and, and a spinner bait. So you're kind of, you're covering top water, you're covering a moving bait, and then obviously your bottom baits and you go out and catch them. If you lose your jig that you were catching them on, you <laughs> good true. luck, pick something else, <laughs> you know, so you, you use all your own rods and reels and line and everything, but like you terminal can't... tackle, do you bring your own terminal tackle? Nope. Nope. You get, you get some shaky heads, you get some, uh, some Ned rigs, you get, uh, two worm hooks were provided by six gill, um, fishing. I lose so much shit when I go fishing. I would be out. I would probably end up being out there with that V twin buzz bait. And that'd probably be the only fucking thing left in my tackle box. Then I'd have paid 70. I got $75 worth of lures and all, all the hooks and terminal tackle be gone. (laughs) Oh dude. It's so much fun. Cause like, that's what, you know, the people that were fishing it for the first time, they're like, well, what if I lose stuff? Bring your fucking goggles, buddy. Bring your goggles and your snorkel and go where'd down and get finish, it. Where'd you finish on? Because one y'all had was two weeks ago. When where'd you finish in that? Oh, I I sucked. I I I looked at like a pattern that I could have had and just kept right on going by it. Um, it was I think I only had like two keepers and then I caught some like some dinks, some some shorts, but uh, the wind picked up and overnight. And we had this, it's actually the new spinner bait that, that biz baits hasn't even launched yet or hasn't even like put out on the market yet. Um, but there was a bunch of wind that came up and I was fishing on this point that I wanted to start on with the V twin buzz bait. Cause that's my favorite buzz. Like anytime I'm throwing a buzz bait, it's the V twin. Like you so see it, everybody, in every city, video. everybody oh, yeah. in Queen city uses that buzz bait. Dude, it is. I mean, try it i mean i think you know one thing i really like about it is obviously when you have like a single blade buzz bait a lot of times it's gonna you know list to the you know left or right or whichever way that blade is spinning this one you can get to go straight just completely straight true and uh it makes some crazy noises and uh but i was fishing that and that's what i wanted to fish i wanted to fish that point and i wanted to catch a bunch of fish on top because you know, that's what I was looking for, but I caught two fish on the different parts of the same point with a spinner bait. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, sweet. And then I just kept on moving. And I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? You know? And again, one reason why I like to film my days is I can go back and look at that and be like, how stupid are you? Like you should have just backed off that point and just made just fished it for like 30 to 45 minutes and then looked for another point if you weren't getting bit because the fish rot in that wind you know um i gotta say congrats to josh yeah i gotta say congrats to josh uh, at abide fishing he got his first top 10 in that event you know and he was sitting on a point i i haven't watched his video yet but he i sat next to him at the weigh-in and said he 
he was caught him all on a point. I'm pretty sure I know what point he was on. Um, but speaking uh, of Josh, I tried to guilt him <laughs> slash trick him on the coming on, and he hasn't texted me back. So I'm going to text him real quick while you tell the story. He ain't got shit to do. What is he doing? I don't know. He's got a girlfriend yeah. now. I mean, well, he's busy. he actually has stuff true. to do now. That's true. That's Golly. true. I know. But uh, no, I mean, <clears throat> and the event was was great. You know, obviously it didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to, but the we call it the most coveted trophy or the most mm. coveted piece of hardware in Queen City because there's only one event you can get it, and it's just <clears throat> cool looking. Like there's these gems, these um, like this year was I guess we'll call it a ruby because it was red, but they're usually <laughs> green. I've got two of them, and because uh, I did really good in the kitty rod events for some reason. I I you know I, I was like third and I think. Well, I guess I got my last one last year, but um, they're uh, they're just cool. I mean, how many other tournaments around here do you get like a gem with? For, well, so if you're you doing know, so good with the kitty rods, why don't you? Just that's what I'm, that I'm shit saying. I'm, that's what I'm thinking, man. I think I think I mean, I might. damn. I know. Look I, how much you know. money. Look, your wife would never be mad at you if you came home with a new combo. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! You bought another. You bought another rod and reel, honey. It's fifteen dollars, Mickey, Mouse. Mickey Mouse. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, but uh, that that's been an event I always look forward to every every August because it's it's just fun. The weigh ins fun, you know. The we go and you go and you pick up your tackle the night before, the Friday before the event, and you get to BS with everybody, and um, you know, it's just it's just a fun event. But we got we got Lake Murray coming up next, and. God, I hate Lake Murray. I think good I've luck. caught three yeah, fish there. Luck. Blaine Upton's going to whoop all y'all's oh, asses in Murray. I know. He's well, going to go out there and do something stupid and catch catch like three big fish and then have a 12, 12 incher. He's he's going to be he's going to be going back and forth with with Jeremy Heath and uh, Chad oh, Walden. Yeah. Those two got those two got some spots. I know when they <laughs> when they did that no limit when we did that no limit big bass like power yeah. hour event. You know, I'm pretty sure that they were on Murray. I think that's what they said anyway. And uh, they got a spot there that uh, that they just crush them, and they're gonna be they're gonna be tough to beat. I know he. Fortunately, we had a cheater last year on Lake Murray, and <laughs> he called his shot. Man, and uh, <laughs> and then and then Jeremy actually won the would have won the event, um, but he ended up know, winning it. Well, yeah, technically, but like, obviously he didn't get his shine, you know, when, when everything was kind of going on, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just not looking forward to that event. It's, it's always been a rough lake for me. You know, what the area I went to last year, I was hoping for a top water bite and I was fishing like the river portion. I don't know what river it is. You have to forgive me because of whatever. And uh and I was fishing that that river event or that river section, and I was hoping for a top water bite. It just never materialized. But then, um, so I, I was just like, though the only other thing I got is docks, and so I just kept going from dock to dock. But for whatever reason, I feel like it's a personal vendetta against fishermen. Excuse me, anglers that. Uh, the, these dock owners, they put like an extra two by four or whatever type of structure in the way 
of their dock to keep anglers from skipping a jig or a shaky head or whatever else it is under a dock in that area of of lake murray and so i'm sitting there it's hot as shit i think it was i think we fished it in early september again last year it's like nine thousand degrees i've caught zero fish on the day and just <laughs> completely frustrated so and a great day to be on the water couldn't couldn't skip anything under a dock because they just the water was up and it was just they just keep a an extra board there and i couldn't skip anything under it so i just got out a drop shot and like got as close to the dock as i could and ended up catching two fish but if i had if I, lived on, if I lived on a lake and had a dock to fuck with all the people that came fishing there i would rig up a motion sensor all around the dock the front two corners at least and every time somebody came within that motion sensor, there would be some kind of like torpedo or some kind of motor <laughs> underneath there. So when that motion sensor went off, it would just start, start, you know, like I, I don't, I don't fish docks because I don't have any, you don't have and, any. And, and, and I, you know, it ain't their water. So to hell with them, but just to have fun with the other fisher, the other anglers, I would do that shit to fuck with them. And then I have like a loudspeaker that came on about, ha ah, motherfucker, get off my dock. You know, that's what I do. There was one dock that I came up on Lake Norman and, uh, I was, I, I pedaled up to it and I was skipping a jig under it. And all of a sudden a voice came out and it scared the shit out of me. It was like, <laughs> you are Always. being, you are being recorded. I'm like, well, motherfucker, so are you. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I, got, this, I got a record mechanism right on the back of my boat too. So uh, you know that's funny with all the docks that y'all fish though. Y'all don't ever post a lot of people, a lot of those dock interactions that that go viral. I it, you know funny. I try to. Stay I guess away. it's because there's so many damn people fishing on them that most of the people around there probably don't even care. Yeah. I tend to stay away from docks that have people on them. You know, just as a courtesy, like. Also, I don't want to like accidentally skip a jig and ping their pontoon and, <laughs> while, they're <there. laughs> while they're there and they're sitting there staring at me. So uh, I'll typically skip those docks, but um, that's where all the fish are. So I, I know, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, I, you know, it's funny you say that because I've always thought like if I had a dock, I'd be like, I was talking to my buddy about it. I was like, man, I would definitely try to make the dock good for fishing because I just think it would be cool to have like a, a record and just set up like a, an email account or something and say, if you catch a big fish off of my dock, send it to me, send me a picture, you know, cause I think that would be fun. But also I'm like, you know, I want to put like a big, like piece of carpet underneath, like in the water. So when people are like, throwing their chatterbaits and and this that and the other under these and they get hooked on that and they Hell just yeah, cannot get, get it up i'll just jump in <laughs> no all right what you need to do what you need to do is go get you some chicken wire and make some big cages yeah and, and so when they get up in there and that way you got the cages on a rope and so yeah, like you, once go. Week, you go pour the cages up and you got yeah. chatterbaits yeah, chatter and you got jigs, jigs i mean all kinds, all kinds of terminal of, tackle yeah, stuff yeah, you got all kinds yeah. of shit you can, you can pull it up <laughs> once a week it ain't gonna be rusted 
Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, yep. that's what, that's yeah. what, we, that's what you got to do. Speaking yeah. of docs and Karens and Kens and all that shit, you are the meme master. <laughs> Y'all, the, if you follow Bass and Brews or Alex, uh, me a little bit on, especially Tiki Tack, the memes that we put out, a majority of them come from Hambone. Alex, and, and so I just kind of got into loop with, with getting them from Hambone. But Alex would send me these damn memes, and it'd be three or four at least twice a week that Hambone had put out there. And they are just, they're, they're fucking hilarious. And I can't create a meme for nothing. And you spit out four or five or six. Man, some of that shit is funny as hell. Like, what? Obviously, you listen to the podcast. <laughs> how do yeah. you... How do you do you just have shit lined up? Like how do you how do you come up with some of the shit that you well, get on these memes? You know, what I like about this podcast specifically is it's very self-deprecating. And that's that's the type of humor that I like too. Like I you know, I joke about all kinds of shit like that is I suck at because it's funny. And you know, so when when you guys are talking about, you know, your weekly distraction from you know, quality fishing content, like podcast that just, content. yeah, Not podcast fishing. content, excuse me. <laughs> but I, I just, that just kind of gets me going and, and I'll, you know, sometimes I'll get on a roll and I've got, you know, obviously like apps on my phone and that's where I create most of the memes and stuff. And, you know, I'll get on a roll and then I'll take kind of like a premise and, you know, I'll, or I'll have like an idea and then I'll just kind of look, try to scroll through memes and just see like, all right, does this, does this meme format fit with like what I'm trying to do? And, you know, I'll just keep going. No, but I'll make it. (laughs) Right. But then you, but then you just kind of get going and you're like, I love this meme format. I'm really good at creating memes with this format. And I'll just try to think of something else from the podcast that like, that would'll fit, you know? And just the one, the one that I, I liked a lot was the, the, the guy riding the bike and then he puts the own, his own, the, the stick in his own wheels. It just like, it just like, you know, self-sabotages himself into falling off of his bike. And then you just, it's like, you know, so, <laughs> that one you sent last week. So every, a lot of people, if, if people follow a lot of social media, it's the meme where they have the three people on the, on the podium yeah. And there's the one guy biting the metal and, yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. just talking stuff. And I might fuck it up. Tell me if I'm, if, if I'm wrong at the end, don't interrupt me now. That's my job. So it has the three, three people on the podium and there's the one guy biting the metal and there's, he's shooting all this shit out and it comes and it says, you know, this and that, this and that. And it comes to the end and that person's in third. And then there's a second place in a first place. And you had Alex Rudd in first Second place was every other fishing podcast known to man or something. And then the third, the guy that's over there acting the fool and shit was Bass and Brews. I sent that shit to Alex Run. He was like, I, yeah. he, he chuckled at that one. That shit right there made me laugh so hard. I posted that stuff. I, I think it was on my Instagram. I posted that one. That shit had me rolling. All of them had me rolling. But that one right there, I, was, I showed it to my wife. And she's like, I don't get it. Because my wife doesn't listen to this podcast because yeah. 
She right. doesn't even want to listen to me in person. There's no way in hell she is wasting <laughs> a second of her time listening to my dumb ass on a podcast yeah. about fishing. Of but course. that shit was awesome, man. It's so yeah. funny. The, and, and, <laughs> you know, the one the one was like, you know, and, and, and to, to pick on Alex Rudd a little bit, obviously he's been, you know, a, a semi-regular on the podcast and, you know, he's got a, a big following and everything, but, you know, uh, he's he loves that max scent like berkeley he is a berkeley man my pants. And, and, you know and that was just kind of the the thought that i had is like oh man like you know it, just thinking about like how hey, you know shit my pants and then like why well, max scented it it's it's the max scent and and i was i, I i'm almost embarrassed to 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 tell you how long I searched through meme formats to try and find one that would, that would work for that. And I finally found the one that was, you know, like the Spider-Man one. And uh, I think it worked out pretty well, but uh, that's just kind of how it goes. You know, when well, I'm the looking funny at thing is, is you, you, you really do embrace the podcast and Alex, my Alex, who we refer to as shouty Alex, cause he's mm-hmm. short. But Shawty Alex and me, it's, you've created a bunch of these about how Alex is trying to run a professional podcast and how Alex is trying to keep everything online. And then, you know, the other part of the meme is is the jabber hammer over here fucking something up or some shit like that. And that, that really is how it goes. Like, I mean, I chastised his little short ass so much when he was taking notes that he tries to hide it now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You take a notes I, on that. Yeah, I sit, Bo, I, I sit back. And, and so if folks folks don't ever, a lot of people don't watch the podcast on YouTube. They listen to it. So I sit here a lot of times, and when I'm being quiet, I'm usually looking at Alex to wait for him to do some stupid <laughs> shit. I think stupid. It could be the smallest thing, and then, like, I just, I, I, I got a handful of darts, and I'm just hitting that bullseye mm-hmm. every time. And I wait that he gets to going before before I'm like, oh, here we go, here we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit, the funniest thing ever with Alex. So it was one of his first episodes back from his last little tour. We had Blaine Upton on. Mm-hmm. And so I was messaged Blaine without Alex. I said, hey, man, we're going to fuck with Alex tonight. when he Because he's in the hotel rooms, right? Right. And so I said, his internet sucks, this and that. I said, we're going to fuck with him. When we come on, let Alex get into the little intro that we do. Excuse me. I said, I'm just going to start talking and I'm going to be talking to you. And then when <laughs> I start, you just start talking and it doesn't matter what we say. It can be gibberish. It doesn't matter. Just when I stop talking, you start talking. And then when you stop talking, when we'll let Alex talk and then we'll, I'll cut him off and start talking. And so we did this. And <laughs> His face had to have been getting just red. Oh my god, he got like, he got red. He started doing, you know, he started like fucking trying, looking at all his shit. He signed so off when he signed off. I lost it, and I was in Blaine lost it. I was like, yes, it worked. He signed we did off. It. He signed. We did it. He signed back on. It was. <laughs> but Dude. I mean, that's but you you your memes do embrace the, the 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 wackiness of the bullshit that we do on here, and that's the funny part about it. I, that's what I love about memes, right? They can take a huge thing and they break it down into oh. three, four, six pictures, 
in a few little texts and it can make sense. And yeah, that shit and is it's funny as hell, man. Sometimes it's just it's like I had there was a there was a meme that you know uh, that I I just kind of put together, and it was it was like this big guy in armor, right? Like think of like a medieval guy dressed in armor, just like AKA play- a knight. Yeah, yeah, there's a word for that. They're called knight. Whatever, and he's got the little eye hole, right, yeah. to see out of, and the picture it shows him just in that. And then the next one is like an arrow that gets right in there. And it's like you have your weed guard and then you have weeds and everybody gets it. Like if you're, if you're, if you're into fishing, you're like, the jig is covered in weeds. What the fuck is this weed guard doing? You know, or it just, it's like, there's so many little things that can be used in memes that just say so much without having to say anything at all that's and, right. yeah. you and know it's great relate to that too i mean oh you, yeah you take all the, what we were talking about earlier with the fuck ups that you have is if you can create a meme on on a fuck up and people are like you mm-hmm. know what that shit happens to me every damn time i go out fishing too like yeah. getting your hook on on your anchor trolley line on the side of the boat at the very mm-hmm. front where you can't reach it without the the, the threat of falling your fat ass off the kayak so, you know, you have to paddle up to get it up because this is the one lure you're catching fish on right now. Have you ever fallen out of your kayak? Oh, hell no. I am super duper careful in in that thing because like none of my shit's tied down. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, if, if, if the kayak tips over, the shit's gone. It's mm-hmm. gone. I'm super duper careful in it with that for that main reason. Mm-hmm. So... But I, like, I come from, I was a wildland firefighter for 10 years. So everything you did, you really had to be mindful about every step you made or every action you made just because of the hazards. And and, and that's that's who I am inherently. Mm -hmm. So I'm always thinking, here's a good example. I caught a a big-ass fish, 22 and a half inches in a tournament last month. Well, I get this fish up, and it's got a busted, like, left eye. Well, anybody at kite fishes know when you put the fish on the bump board, the left eye's looking up. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the ways that judges look for quality of the fish, make sure it's not dead, is is the eye. That's the, one of the first things they look at. And so the eyes bust. I'm like, fuck. You know, I get the pictures. I'm like, well, I have to videotape this fish swimming off mm-hmm. just in case, because 22 and a half inch fish, like yeah, this yeah. fish is in the running for yes. big fish. Of course, two hundred, two hundred fifty dollar pot. So I said, I got a, I got a damn. So I'm in my, I got a Hobie PA fourteen. I get this fish and I put it in the water, just regular. Try and, and it's, it, it ain't going. Like oh. it's an old, it's twenty two half inches only weigh five oh, yeah. pounds, five pounds nine ounces. It was a whoa ass. I, I bet this fish was fifty years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was old. I'm, I'm being facetious, y'all. Of course. It was old, though. It was all it looked like a great white shark. It had battle scars all on its back and shit. Anyway, I'm like, I gotta get a video release. So I'm in the middle of the lake, literally the middle of the lake. And at this point in time, it's like 10:30. So all the jet skis are out, all the damn <sighs> big weight boats are out. It's not going anywhere. So I end up laying down. I'm six foot one, like 250, and I'm contortioned into my kayak. Laying down, trying to get my left hand in the water to be able to work this fish back and forth and videotape my right hand. 
and the waves are coming. I'm floating in the middle of the fucking lake. Uh, and so I'm very mindful of all this because if I tip, I'm like, I'm you're fine. screwed. Yeah. So I was very mindful of it. But no, I have not tipped out. I almost did at Santee during the Hobie event. You know, I had, I, I was shallow water and I had the fins were down and I was fishing this little grass mat. And, you know, that first day, the wind was blowing oh, like Hurricane brutal. Hugo. Brutal. And I hit, the fins hit a stump, and my kayak goes, mm. I posted a short, and I posted uh, the video. My It's on my YouTube channel, Paul Hills. But I, if I'd have been standing up, I would have definitely gone over. But the problem with going over in Santee is there's fucking giant alligators in there. <laughs> and, I like, I... I I, I did not want to get ate by alligator. But also, you're probably not too far away from like three feet of water, you know. Well, no, it was in like three foot of water. Yeah, but 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 alligators will kill you in a foot of water. True. I mean, Fair. you know, let's Fair be real. They, they grab your leg or your arm and rip that bitch off. You're gonna die, yeah. dude. I, I, I don't want that. But anyway, I, I almost I've had I've had a couple close instances, but in general. I'm very mindful of that shit because I I don't like I have good stuff. I don't have great stuff. I have good stuff, but it's taken me a long time to get yeah. what I got. Yeah, and I don't want to lose that shit to mm-hmm. to the bottom of the lake. I was I was very close to losing literally everything. Maybe even like something that you can't replace uh on norman earlier this year it was i was that was the most scared that i've ever you know like i said i've been fishing out of a kayak for a long time i was on lake norman it was february the water was like 50 degrees and the wind it was the queen city event and the wind picked up and it was blowing probably 20 30 gusts of 40 miles an hour and i had to cross the main channel going back to the ramp dude the water water started like my nose would the nose of my kayak would be buried in water like what kayak uh, are you in a native uh titan 12 and that thing would be so i mean it's a barge you know like it's super stable super wide but what was happening is there was water getting into the hull from Mm -hmm. the hatch in the front Mm -hmm. i was like I was probably a half a mile in every direction from land. <laughs> the, the pucker as level. As bad as it gets. The pucker oh, yeah. level was uh, like, I was trying not to hyperventilate. I, I was like, you weren't trying, you weren't trying to bail some water while you were doing I that. Couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. It was in the, in the hat. It was in the hull, not in see my. On the, oh, see on the Hobie, on the Hobie, if it gets like that, we got that little. Yeah. That, you got that, that little, little hatch right next to you. You can yeah. start to bail some. But that's the other thing too with wind like at the middle of the lake. If you you got to be able to like on a kayak, the worst thing is 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 getting broadsided by mm-hmm. the waves. Mm-hmm. But well, let's I was going be real. straight into them. Okay, well, see, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good from a safety perspective. That's the best way to be, right? Of unless course. you're taking on water. But I was going straight <laughs> into that, and I'm telling you, dude, like I. Like the water was causing, it was fucking with the stability of the kayak. So like, oh, yeah. if I was going this way, water would rush over this way. So I'm like trying to come back this way and this way, dude. 
like I didn't sleep well that night <laughs> for like a couple nights actually because I was like, was that, that this that... past year? Mm-hmm. Didn't y'all yeah. have two people go into water during yeah, the event? That, that event had like two or three people bailed. Yeah. Um, I know John, John Ladd, like he, he fell in at the ramp, I think like real close to the ramp. So it wasn't his, but there was a couple guys that lost everything. And, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you, dude, I was, I was nowhere near land and I, it was 75 feet of water. Yeah. And, you know, gone. Like, gone. Whew, and I'm like, uh, where do I swim to? If I get, <laughs> if I dump, you know, like, where do I go? It's so wherever, wherever the oh, wind man. and current takes you is the I easiest know. way. Yeah. Look, yeah. just get on your back with your PFD on and, and push your arms forward and kick your yeah. legs and you just go wherever, yeah. wherever you can get the land. That's it. But that's the crazy thing. But kayaks too are made to float. Like them bitches ain't going to Oh, sink. I know. Right. So as long as you can stay upright, mm-hmm. you're, you're okay. The problem mm-hmm. is, is, is freaking out. And overcorrecting mm-hmm. one way or the other. That's, That's what I knew. I was up. like, yeah. I had to get, I had to stay calm and try to just like not die. <laughs> well, see, you, if if the wind would have been broadsiding you in those ways about you, you'd have been fucked. Oh yeah. I mean, you, the best case scenario was into even behind you because mm-hmm. you ever been on a on oh, a yeah. really really windy day where the waves get behind you and you're mm-hmm. surfing the wave and your your kayak is like you know, yep. Looks oh, like yeah. a damn dolphin yeah. going through the wave. That shit yeah. ain't fun either. Yep. But yeah, like, and, and those are the kinds of things, like, to get back to, like, the, the memes and stuff, like, that's the type of shit I like to make memes about. Like, just <laughs> weird shit that happens when you're out on the water, right? And so, um, you know, that's just kind of, that's kind of what I think about. But, you know, I've gotten, you know, I've had... I've had some some memes that hit a little too close to home to people and, you know, some memes that didn't go over well. And, you know, so like you got to sometimes be careful. It's like I, I reached out before before I made anything about Alex Rudd, because like, you know, I don't know the guy. Like if I knew him, I would I would I'd, it'd be no holds barred. Like I, I wouldn't I just but, fire but him off. making a bass and brooms me bass and brooms. What the bass fuck am brooms. I talking about? Huh. That's the new podcast. Welcome to bass and brooms, y'all. <laughs> But you're making a bass and bruise meme. I don't give a shit who the other, who the third party is. They don't count. Like when they came on here, they signed a contract that anything that happens afterwards associated with this podcast, they're associated with. I like it. They didn't like actually it. sign anything, and we didn't tell right. them that. But it's more of like a more of like an a completely unspoken agreement, like one hundred percent unspoken. <laughs> Look, as long as one party knows what the rules are, those yeah, are the rules. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, so do you? And, and I'll say this: we we've got we got a lot of memes from you. We get memes from other people, and for Alex and I, that's just flattery. Like of for course. somebody that. For somebody, one, to take time out of their day and to listen and to watch this podcast, like to us, that is, that like, that makes us giddy. That makes us happy. That people, because this ain't, this is a fucking commitment. Our shit's two hours long on average. Mm -hmm. It's a commitment. And so to have have people talk to us about the podcast and know that they listen and, and, and watch like that that makes us feel good. We don't make any money. We don't have any sponsors. Like we do this shit because we enjoy it. It's fun. But 
I would say probably the biggest thing that's kept us going are folks like you and and so many other people that that are invest have invested their time into that. And so we've gotten, you know, we back to the point of the means, we've gotten means from other people. And I want everybody to hear this. That shit makes that shit makes us feel good, right? To that people do that and they have a good time with it and that they feel free to pick on us mm-hmm. and to make into and, and to highlight the stupid shit that we do. Like that man, that yeah. To me and Alex, we have made it. When folks feel like they can send us doing you know, a, a meme of us doing some stupid shit that's poking fun at us, we love that. And that's mm-hmm. this that's what this podcast is. This is open forum. Mm-hmm. Be who you are. And to get that stuff, like we're grateful for everybody who does that, great for people who listen, because we want it to be fun. Mm-hmm. And we want the people who are listening to have mm-hmm. a good time and enjoy it. So that that's what it comes down to. But the memes the memes are fun. And it's funny you said you said. So do you make a bunch of memes for a, a bunch of other stuff and just throw it out there? Or do you make a meme and you're like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna save this one for me and the wifey? Well, so you know when it comes to memes, like it's hey, funny real because... Quick, because the memes I think what four or five years ago memes were huge. Mm-hmm. And now they've kind of tapered off. They're not as big as they once were. Not that they're not big, but they're not as big as they once were. I think that right now they're they're an underutilized piece of social media. Yeah. So, you know, and I have I have some thoughts on that is just as far as like when I when I started like when I first started like actually like downloaded the meme making app, which is like when I first got into starting to make memes basically it was just me downloading a stupid app on my phone because I had ideas and I was like, I could do that, you know? And did you pilot your meme making with your wife first? Did you make stupid memes of her doing dumb shit and be like, no. Hey, look how funny this or just post it and be like, look at my new meme. It's like, you no. better take that shit off. Handbone. Did right. she call you handbone? No, no. What? She, she usually We're going to have to talk to her about that. I know. Because I know. You should be called handbone. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But no, honestly, I started making memes for the Queen City group. Um, you know, we had a couple events where, you know, some some cool shit happened. Like the first year we went to Santee, I wasn't I wasn't able to go to fish that one. But that was the first time in the club that anybody had broken 80 inches in a day. You know, mm. four fish, that's four fish. getting after four it. Fish. <laughs> 40 yeah. fish at 80 inches is like, holy shit. And it was like 86 inches. So God, like, who the hell was that? Uh, I think it was, was <laughs> no, no, it was, um, I think it was Matt Hodge, which is a uh, fucking household name in the kayak world now, yeah. at least around here it is. He's basically done everything. He's won, I think a couple TOCs. He's been AOI. He's won countless events. Like it's just enough, dude. Okay. Enough. But <laughs> I just, you know, I would look at some of the events and like just how people finished and kind of some of the things that happened during the day. Like if it's a day of, of struggle where there's like 10 people who got a limit, that's going to be a topic for a meme, you know? And so I, I would just make memes for like pre-fishing, um, you know, tournament day or just kind of stuff like that. And then it just kind of, you know, snowballed from there. But one thing I don't like to do is, like I'll follow some of the groups on like, you know, NC bass fishing and, and just some of like the, the Facebook groups that are 
local around here and you see the same memes over and over and over again the same formats the same like yeah. everything pretty much, else pretty much boobies <clears throat> with a different word right and i'm just like i like boobies though so uh, yeah, i know for word. sure for sure but i just when i see like a format being overused or like a like a, a specific topic being overused i tend to stay away from it because like i could make that meme a hundred times in different ways but it just doesn't it's not as creative for me it's not as fun it's not as targeted like i typically like to make stuff about things that i have a vested interest in so like with the bass and bruise i listen to the show that it, if i'm thinking about it i'll see a meme format and i'm like oh hell yeah and that ideal come to me you know or if it's like you know some of the guys in the group and it fits somebody's personality perfect i'll make that meme and and push it through um you know i really the one the one kind of format that i was laid on was the uh tiger woods and the who's the other golfer god that's john fucking hilarious daly. yeah john, john daly. daly yeah and and that one i kind of missed out on like that one's you know it, it moves quick you know obviously yeah, yeah, right. like, yeah. it just goes super fast but um you know it, it just it's fun because it's like it's so current you can make them so fast I, you had a guy on here i don't remember his name but he was talking about like TikTok being easy because he can sit down for an hour and make 15 TikToks. so that that was paul from burley fishing yeah, yeah. Paul from can, burley fishing. and it's so true i mean you know when you're working full-time the the youtube videos like if you got shit to do on the weekend like you're not going to make a video that week you know, and it's just hard to get out and, and do that. So like, so yeah. how many memes can you make sitting on the toilet, taking a dookie? Well, I mean, it depends. Like, you know, after $20 with a Taco Bell, probably, you know, five to 10. Very good. Maybe, I mean, you know, the, average, living... the average man is going <clears> to <throat> sit on the toilet. Right. And, and, and pitch one off for at least 15 to 30 minutes. Right. Exactly. And I know that's not an average, that's a range, but we're going to call mm -hmm. it what it is. Mm -hmm. What is your, what is the best Queen City meme you ever made? And did somebody get mad about it? You know, I think the best one that I ever made was about the last cheater. It has to be because I shared Which that shit on. Because I know I saw it. Yeah. I shared that shit on Kayak Bass Nation too. And <laughs> fucking, oh my God. Oh shit. I know what, I can't remember it, but I know, yes. Okay. It's, it's okay. guess who? Like the old board game, like where yeah. you, you have the tray of people yeah. and you're like, does your person have gray hair or whatever it is? And they're like, nope. Yep. Yeah, beer. Like shit like that. <clears throat> so I made the, that, that meme was like, you know, like, do you follow the rules in a kayak bass fishing event? And <laughs> yes. And then you flip that person down. Like, and you just, I just Photoshopped that person's face. On yes. I do remember that one yeah. out. Yes. So yes, yes. that that's gotta be like the best one. Right. And you know, obviously that person would probably not like that meme, but, but they you know, cheated, I so think they, don't they, they fucking cheated and they cheated in a fucking charity event too, man. But it went back. They ended up having oh, yeah. quite a few events that they <clears throat> they went back and reviewed, and yeah. the, the same the same cheating way was was found out. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's hey, look, bass fishing, the cheating in kayak bass fishing ain't new because 
cheating and fishing competition fishing has been around a long oh, yeah. time. Matter of fact, it was a couple months ago they had to tune to the teenage kids got caught with fish baskets. I can't remember what the hell it was, Florida. I don't remember, but there were two. Te- there were teenage kids out there fishing tournaments and got caught with fish baskets. Yeah, I think it was. I could be wrong. It don't matter. But they were cheating. So yeah. I mean, you know, the majority, especially in the kayak world, a majority of the rules because of how we have to submit fish for judging. There's no oversight there, mm-hmm. and so there, there's ways that people have come up with clever ways. But they they get caught. I mean, the cutting the fish tails and people putting stuff up under them, and then um, you know trimming, oh. cutting the cutting the fins and tails to make them look different. I mean, you know, it's all kinds. We of had we had one other one other uh, instance of of cheating in in Queen City. It was years ago. It was an event that like I think there were literally three fish caught three legal fish caught out of a out of a group of like 50 to 70 people there are people in this event and i'm one of them that still have not fished that lake since that event like this was like it's uh lookout shoals it's a it's between uh is it between it's either between um norman and hickory i think Something like that. It's it's with the name. If a lake or a body of water has shoal in it, that's already a shitty ass bass fishing <laughs> pond. So it was the first, first, and basically the last time that the club's ever been there. And <laughs> like, <laughs> I wasn't. He said, "Fuck no!" On oh that yeah, one. I wasn't good at fishing at that point at all. Like I was basically awful, but not much more than what you are now. Exactly, but, but, but not as good. I, yeah. Well, I you couldn't... were awfuler then, but now yes. you're just plain awful. Right. Yeah, that's okay. I'm still awfuler. So there's, like I said, there's still people that have not, I have not stepped foot. I won't even <laughs> think about that lake when I'm like thinking about where I want to go because of that day. There were three legal fish caught, but all of a sudden this guy comes in with a limit and wins literally everything. Yeah. And he was, he was catching two fish. Like he put a picture up of two fish on at the same time. And the rig he was using, I, I swear I remember this picture. The rig he was using was a blade bait on a drop shot rig. So it was like the blade bait was on the bottom as the weight. Smart. And then like up was like the drop shot worm. That's so smart. Damn, I'm right. fucking going to do that right? shit. Hell and, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Winter time? Oh my God. So, but he had a fish on both. Bitch on tonight. But he had a fish on both. Right. And he was holding it up, and let me tell you, the water was like yoo-hoo. It was so muddy, and it was just the worst fishing conditions ever. And uh, he was the only person to post a limit. And, you know, what I'll say now is what's kind of cool with the way that, you know, especially like Vinny has always been above the board. I think that's why a lot of his club has been so successful is he's so black and white on the rules that it is it the fish's mouth is either closed or it's open yep and it's either, if it's open dq motherfucker i love it and you know he's always been been like that and and what's cool is now especially is he's not necessarily judging all of the fish 
So you got different people looking at these fish. And this was back before I think Tourney X even existed. Mm. And so we would all have to submit our, we, we wait in line and, and take our phones <laughs> up there and you, you know, you'd be looking and, and all that stuff. One, yep. yeah. And you'd have to post your pictures up to the Facebook group after the huh. event so that everybody could see your fish, like the smart. top, like the caching places. Yeah, smart. And people started looking at his, this guy's fish and they're like, dude, everything's red. The eyes are glossed over. Like, these fish are dead. And I think we ended up getting all of that money back and all the prizes and stuff and everything was kind of s- distributed to the, the rightful winners. But, <clears throat> you know, I think that's one cool thing about so what was where he this... doing. Did y'all figure out what he had done? I think he, he just brought them with him. He just, they were frozen or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it, you said 50, 60 people at this tournament, then this would have been early. In oh Queens, yeah. Back was... when there wasn't, you didn't quite know what to look for with the right. cheaters at the time. This was, so it's this a new was, cheat. This was way back, way back when. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it's just kind of like something that it's funny because the event that I won, which is way back in 2019, the only event that I've won is I, I caught all my fish and, you know, I got video of everything and, and stuff, but like, for like two or three days after that event, I had imposter syndrome so bad where I was like, I fucked something up. I guarantee I fucked something up. Every phone call or text message that I got, I was like, oh, that's it. Somebody found out I fucked something up. <laughs> like, and they're going to take all the money away and I'm going to be disgraced. My wife's going to leave, leave me for being a cheater. I won so, $300 and now I'm no, going to give it back. Shit, I won like, gonna... I won like twelve hundred bucks that like yeah. twelve, thirteen hundred bucks that day. Oh, that's was... the thing about Queen City too, is like you're fishing <clears throat> I think you're averaging hundred and twenty people this year. Uh, I think the last number I heard. Mm-hmm. Both this y'all, hundred and twenty people at a kayak tournament, that's that's national level. This is a grassroots club mm-hmm. with no motors. Yeah. This is all <laughs> manually powered kayaks. And and they they are just they're raking it in, man. It's you know, just, I don't. You know, a lot, and we've said this before in some other podcasts. Excuse me. The level of competition in y'all's club is as much as people like to have a good time, and y'all have a, a lot of camaraderie. But people are there to whoop each other's asses. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. first and foremost, they're gonna they want to whoop your ass. Dude, it's, it's, it's wild, man. You know, like I said, way back when, and when I was fishing these first ones, people were like 65 inches. And then I think Saturday at one, at one event in like in April on Lake Wiley, I I had like 65 inches and I'm like, oh shit, I got a chance at this one. Saturday Mel comes in with like 71 inches or something like that, which is one of the first times that we had ever seen that bag, that type of bag. And, you know, I didn't even place. I didn't even cash a check with 65. And <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is happening? But even this year um, on, we did our, our Yadkin chain event and I, w- I was fishing high rock and I had 71 inches and I was seventh <laughs> with 71 inches. And I was like, what is happening? Cause usually it used to be, you know, like it's all, it's funny because you, you could go way back and you're like, all right, 65 inches, you're probably cashing a check, if not winning, right? And then a couple years later, it's like, all right, the magic number is about 70. 
and now the magic number 72, now the magic number 74. And honestly, I don't know if there's been an event outside of like watery. Watery was brutal for everybody, but like I think every other event has taken 76-ish inches to win when four fish. And I mean, that's that's getting after it. That's that's having a real good day on the water. Even this even this charity event I think was was like in the seventies. So it's yeah, that's, yeah. it's that, competitive, that's man. Yeah, it's super competitive and you see that because when Queen City folks head to national tournaments there's always that Queen City guy that makes noise. I mean, they y'all y'all it's in in for me being a competitive person and grew up playing sports, right? Co- competition and somebody somebody excelling breeds more competition and it breeds more mm-hmm. people excelling. The competition increases, so the people's skills increase, especially with fishing where there's no athletic ability to this is 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 skill based, a hundred percent skill based. Oh yeah. So to see that and to see how y'all perform nationally, I mean that says a lot about the competitive nature of that club, but also that y'all can have a good time with it too to have that many people. Have you fished? Do you fish a lot of national trails, or do you just fish the ones that are local? Yeah, so I, I've I've fished a couple of the Hobies that have been in conjunction with um, with Queen City. Actually, I only think I only fished one. Um, which was the Lake Norman event. Uh, the other ones. You didn't uh, fish Nancy this year. I fished the Queen City side. Um, okay. I didn't fish. I didn't fish the the two days. Um, I should have, but I mean, it was it was just really steep for me to fish when I like literally the first time I ever looked at that lake was when I was putting my kayak in the water the Saturday of the event. <laughs> so I drove down from North Carolina. Yeah. I got there at three o'clock pre-fishing on Friday, pre-fishing ended at three o'clock. So I went and looked at the two ramps that <laughs> I had found that I wanted to launch from and I chose my ramp and that was as much pre-fishing as I had. Mm-hmm. And I missed. So the tough day was the first day was tough for everybody. Mm-hmm. I missed three fish on a frog that probably would have had me somewhere around that 70 inch mark. They were good. They were good fish. And that would have put me. Oh yeah. Potentially being able to be up there, you know, I think at 70 inches would have had you to like top 30 or 35 or something. So you mm-hmm. potentially could have now at the end of day two, I'm my fish. I don't even know my fish. Anyway, it don't fucking matter. <laughs> so, so the second day I, I thought about hitting a little pond up that I grew up fishing on the way back home or staying and fishing, but I wanted to stay and fish. And so I went to another ramp and checked out some areas, but that's my only national event. But it's mm-hmm. cool that Queen City is here because Queen City does help draw some of those those mm-hmm. that national tournament, especially the Hobie side, right? Because they don't have motors. It draws those in because Queen City is going to say, shit, we're going to have 115 to 120 people just for Queen City will sign up. Yeah. And a majority of them are going to sign up for both days. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Queen City had like four out of the top 10 people because Vinny and who was the other one? Was it Ving? Uh, Vinny and somebody yeah, else I think ended so. up finishing like in the top five because they had yeah. massive, fucking Dude, massive. Vinny crushed them yeah. day two, like, like 105 insane. inches. That's yeah. it's getting and after that's it. Santee, that's Santee for you. Yeah. 
That's fantastic. I, I think I had I had three fish on Saturday, and it kind of salvaged my day. I caught one early on a uh, <clears throat> on a stick bait, um, and then I caught another one just flipping a I think a rage bug and you know around some of those cypress trees where'd you put in where'd you put in on saturday i couldn't fucking tell you i i don't don't remember Uh, (laughs) i drove down (laughs) i drove down and i think god i'd have to look at a map and and tell you the name of it but um i can't tell you i can't tell you online where i put in because believe it or not it is still a sneaky little hole i i can tell you later if you want to know yeah. It is a sneaky little hole. Even, well, we even got, people, I stayed with with Jordan Marshall, Matt Millard, and um and 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 hashtag Pro Eric. Yeah, and so I showed him where I was putting in. I'm like, where? How the, did you find that? <laughs> but you, you know, because these are three guys that are that fish nationally, oh, yeah. or competitive nationally. Big time. Didn't um, didn't Jordan just go to get back from Sweden? Yeah, Jordan. <laughs> I haven't watched anything ass, about that, but like, I gotta, I gotta go back. Ass and watch bumpkin like, went to Sweden, yeah, and pretty much the whole time there, all he did it looked like a, it looked like a redneck episode of uh, what's the Anthony Bourdain? Oh yeah, show. Uh, him shit, food yeah. And shit that he was eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> with his reviews on this, don't taste like home. This don't taste like home. But yeah, really? he was he was there with with the Ho- with Hobie, mm-hmm. uh, for the Hobie Worlds. Man, golly, that sounds like awesome time. Dude, amazing. And I'll tell you, the food is definitely interesting. I, I spent some time in Germany when I was in college, just like on a, a short little study abroad. But like, dude, like, dude, I don't know, man. See, <laughs> it is love, not like it was here, but yeah, Burger King, I, Burger King was <laughs> the shit in there. Like, see, it, they served you. Like, oh shit! Oh yeah, they probably had real, real good burger meat in their burgers mm-hmm. too. Probably. Uh, I love food. I love authentic food. That's mm-hmm. that's my thing. So I love to eat anywhere that I've ever traveled. I'll be at you know regionally or, or state to state in the states. And the few times I've been out of the country, my whole goal is to eat the 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 local everything there. Oh yeah, Absolutely. that's what I like. And, but when you go, the few times I've been overseas, the way food is prepared, there's a lot more pickling. I, I like to call it pickling attitude. Like there, it's it's not it's not overcooked. It's usually undercooked, but in mm-hmm. some way or form, it's cooked with some kind of acid. Like a, yeah. you know, it's just <laughs> and, and that's just a, that's a very general generalization. Yeah. But I love the food. I I love following that. And shout out to Christine Fisher finishing the top five. Yeah, which I mean that's awesome, man. I there. you know I gotta watch all that stuff. And yeah, I, you know. I I have a problem though. I have a problem with folks at least at least Lambert and Marshall going over there with them calling them pike because those motherfuckers are jackfish. <laughs> if that bitch is long, slimy, and got teeth, it is a jackfish. It ain't it. You know, it ain't a pickerel or whatever. Yeah, but what, what, what are you calling? What are you calling a muskie then? A fucking jackfish. No, 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 no. Look, man, no, I'm from dude, South come Carolina. On, man. You know how many muskie I've seen in real life? Nary a one. That dude. bitch is a jackfish. It's a jackfish. Mm. It's long, slender, and got teeth. It's a jackfish. I don't oh, care man. who you are. It's a jackfish. <laughs> but for sure, pike and pickerel are definitely jackfish. Yeah. Now, I yeah. will make exceptions for muskie and walleye. Shit like that, but, but 
the rest of it is jackfish. And I would I would really appreciate any American that goes across the seas and fishes if they're talking about pike. I really appreciate it if y'all y'all assholes called it jackfish. That's what it is. All right, all right, all right. But Look, don't come on. Know, don't pretend hey, to be Alex and disagree with me on names of fish. Because, all right, because the Southern people know how to name their fish. So that was one thing that I had to adjust to when I moved down here is like brim B R E A M. The fuck is that? We, I mean, it was all, it was all bluegill and, you know, sunfish or panfish or anything like that. When, when I was in, when I was in Michigan. So, you know, maybe that was just because I didn't really fish that much. And I, I really regret the amount of time that I didn't spend fishing for smallmouth on the great lakes saginaw bay you know uh any any of those lakes in in michigan um you know not getting out there and and fishing some of that some of that big water and and all that but you know that's what you get for being for being like an athlete that's sort of good at baseball and stuff like that. <laughs> so so you, the second time you referenced you were an athlete, you played in it, you played baseball, huh? I played baseball for up until like, I've messed around on the club team in my freshman year in college. Um, but baseball was my big one. I wrestled for a little while and, um, and those were kind of the two sports that I really um, kind of got into. And then, um, you know, I have this little bit of time that I spent as like a wannabe bodybuilder. I did like a bodybuilding show and, <laughs> you know, I worked, nice. I actually worked in the fitness industry for like 10 years, over, hey, over oh, 10 yeah. years, really. But, um, you know, so like that's why you wear, that's why you wear Lululemon. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you know, as a personal trainer for a while and certified and all that kind of stuff. So, and then I worked for a supplement distributor that we have here um, in Charlotte for a long time, for over 10 years. And, um, but then obviously got out of that with COVID kind of squashed the fitness industry pretty bad. Pretty tough, pretty tough time for the fitness. <sighs> yeah. So, um, but you know, you talk about being competitive and, and that's definitely like for somebody who grows up playing sports <clears throat> and wants to stay competitive, you need something like, like I figured you can like golf, which seems terrible to me, or you can fish and, you know, and that's why I don't think like, I kind of go back and forth. I'm like, do I want to do like this YouTube thing or do I want to fish competitively and, or do both? And, you know, sometimes you, you kind of regret posting some of those videos of like a special doc that you have or something, but like, we all know, I mean, Listen, there's not a dock on Lake Norman that you can fish that a thousand other people haven't fished a thousand times. But at the same time, like, I don't want to be shouting it out loud. And that's kind of something that I've struggled with a little bit. And I think, you know, some content creators that fish a lot locally would kind of agree with, you know, sometimes you don't want to give away that little spot that you have that you kind of rely on or go to and see somebody else there, you know. But, well, you know, you don't have to post that in the video, but to back up a little bit about vernacular for fish, brim is a big one. So when I was a while, when I first started in wild and firefighting, we had guys come down from Michigan and Minnesota 
to South Carolina. We were seasonal firefighters. So they came down in January and we, we, we did a bunch of prescribed burning down in South Carolina until March, April, usually April is when everybody kind of dispersed and went out West and then their, their fire assignments out West and stuff. So these guys come down there. First time they come down there, we're in Matby, South Carolina, where I grew up. And, um, you know, we talk about fishing and hunting and all this and that. Well, first of all, when I was talking about Brim, they had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. They were like, you mean bluegill? Yeah. I'm like, well, bluegill is a Brim, but uh, all bluegill are Brim, but not all Brim are bluegill. bluegill. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of people catch a Brim and they call it a bluegill. I'm like, bitch, that's a pumpkin seed. Yeah. Or, you know, that's a war mouth or whatever the it is. So you, you got to yeah, yeah. get your shit right down here, damn it. A Brim is anything that ain't a bass, catfish, or crappy. Yeah. Or jackfish. Jackfish. I but, was going to say, you better say jackfish yeah, if you're going to yeah, chastise that, people about it. That's for sure. Now, on the part about being competitive, and I've said this numerous times on this podcast, when, when I had a 10-year hiatus of not fishing, and I lived a quarter mile from the Savannah River, 20 minutes from Clark's Hill, um, an hour from Murray, I mean – Hour and 45 minutes from Santee, no fishing. Part of it was because of my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, I started having, making babies. And, yeah. you know, if you've ever made a baby, the rest of your shit don't mean nothing no more for a while. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, when we move back here, I'm going to start fishing. Uh, obviously, Jordan, Sharon, Harris, all these lakes around here, 15 minutes for Sharon, Harris, 20 minutes from most of the launches in Jordan. But I wanted to start back fishing for the competitive side of it. Like, yeah. I was strictly looking to join a, a bass boat club. And know what I was going to fish out, have to fish out the back of the boat. But, you know, I can make friends and there's some team tournaments here. And, you know, my whole, had this whole thing in my mind. I ran across a a guy that had a rigged out PA-12 one day when I was farting around on my little podunk Mm -hmm. kayak and chairs. And so that's what got me into it. I was like, damn, this is awesome. I can kayak fish and compete. We got two local trails. We got these national trails. That, that fed that fire for me yeah. because I don't like the fun fish. Like I, if, if I go out by myself or with my son, I'm, I'm practicing a technique, you know, I'm, I'm practicing my grass, you know, I'm doing something that mm-hmm. translates into the tournament side. Or if I go out on a buddy's bass boat, you know, we're keep, I'm keeping fucking score. They might mm-hmm. not be, but I am I'm talking shit the whole time. Like I like that. I'm 40 years old. I'm scared to death. If I go play basketball, I'm going to blow out one of my knees because one of them bitches hurts every day. And, you know, it scares me to death to have to have surgery. So I'm like, you know, the worst thing has to, happens to me fishing is I get a hook in my hand. I pass out for a few minutes and then I get back up and I go back to fishing. And I tell you, if I ever had a hook in my damn hand so bad, you just couldn't pop it out. I probably would get lightheaded and potentially pass out, but I would wake up and then I would figure out how to, at least go back to fishing. But the competitive edge to me is that I grew up playing sports my whole life, you know, played, played college ball, that stuff. Like I, I need that. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of anglers that do any kind of competitive fishing, there's a fire in them. And if you Mm -hmm. look at the highest levels of, of touring professionals, because we got to separate that now because you have professional anglers that don't compete. Right. They make a living off of fishing, which is still a pro. But touring professionals, Bass MLF, 
those guys have fucking killer mentalities. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they think and operate mentally and physically on a whole different level than 99% of the other people. I mean, you know, you hear this all the time. People say, well, shit, if I had enough money and much time on the water, I, I could compete with those guys. Well, you know what? You can go do it. Yeah. Go do it. You can start, go do it right now. It's not the same. Everything yeah. around you, every you can, tournament that you enter, both. if you're not winning yeah. that, then you're not doing what those but guys are doing. Here's the thing. You can go fish. You can go out on the water and do that. There's no physical mm-hmm. limitation. Yep. And honestly, there's no monetary limitation. I mean, you can damn get credit cards at the wazoo. Most of it, it doesn't matter. Not, you can't say, oh, well, shit, if I had the time and the money to train and have personal trainers and to throw a football every day, I could go be an NFL quarterback. You don't ever hear no motherfucker say that. Mm -hmm. But they say that shit with fishing all the time. I'm like, you know what? No. It is a whole different mentality. Yeah. You have to, there's, there's shit that it's just, I'll get on a rant with this shit right here because when it comes down to. Patience too. I mean, well, you have to have that. It's mental. 99% yeah. of their shit 100%. fishing is mental. The rest, the rest is, the rest is how they fish, but it's the small things that they can pick out that the mm-hmm. 99% of the anglers miss. I mean, it's a whole different ball game, but oh, the yeah. competitive side of fishing is what's fun, man. That's what, mm-hmm. that's the drive to it. And that's why you see 120 people at Queen city. That's why you see on our local trails, you know, 50 people, um, obviously in the summertime, a lot of people drop, but we have 60, 70 people at the beginning of the season because mm-hmm. they want to compete. Now, a lot of them do want to come out and just have fun and fish in a tournament. And if they win, they win. But, you know, there's a majority of us, the people that are fishing tournaments right now, they're wired just a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wired a little bit different yeah. to go out and compete. And I think too, uh, you know, with Queen City, I think Vinny does a great job of like celebrating his winners too, and celebrating Dude, the anglers. Vinny and, pumps his people up, and that is awesome. Yeah, and and that's one thing that I think a lot of people chase too is you know you you get that shine, you get that time in front of the whole club, you get that time that you know. There's a lot of people that follow Queen City and and see what you know what Queen City's doing, and you know how they're getting things going with, with kayak fishing. And, and when you're on that top of that list and you get that chance to, to kind of talk and stuff, it's fun. And that's mm-hmm. why I think a lot of people are chasing that too. And, and, you know, it's, you gotta, you gotta take care of the anglers, you know, I mean, you look at all the top level um, organizations, like you have to, without the anglers, you don't have anything, you know, that's a whole different rant. That right. I have of course. The touring side is they wouldn't exist without the anglers, but they don't necessarily treat the anglers like they should be. But we ain't going to get into that shit right. tonight for sure. <laughs> but I will hop onto that with our two. So we have two local clubs. Uh, one of them is local to Raleigh. So and that's CCKF, Central, mm-hmm. uh, Central Carolina Kayak Fishing. And then we have kayak, uh, Carolina Kayak Anglers. They're more in the Greensboro area, even though mm-hmm. they do fish our lakes here. But those clubs were much smaller. We're half the size on average as y'all. But they're both, they're different. One's a little bit higher entry point. One's a little bit lower entry point for the fees to enter the tournament. Uh, but they're both geared towards, um, I, we have we have 10-inch limits, right? Because we won't, we won't 
kid, and we do. This last tournament we had uh, Saturday, there are two kids, high school age kids, that fish, and their dads come out. One dad paddles around in a canoe behind the sun, just you know, make sure he's safe and this and that. Mm-hmm. But they they finished in the top five, nice. and and it you know our local clubs and they say this, they're here to get people interested in the kayak fishing and a way for them to come out and to, and to do some tournament fishing. Now, the way that I look at that is, is that these kids get into the kayak and they come out as teenagers and they fish competitively in a kayak. You know, what does that potentially do for them in the future with being a non-boater or even potentially getting a boat and them creating them to be, mm-hmm. is, that's that's part of the kayak world that I like is that it, regardless of age, it could it could potentially groom some people to graduating into boat fishing that get some well-rounded fishers in there. It's funny you say that because, dude, I, I I mentioned this to Josh when I was sitting next to him at that at the the Emerald event weigh-in. There you know were. Fuck Josh. We ain't talking about him right there anymore because right. he ain't texting me. I'm okay. just kidding. Go ahead. No, he but I was like just it. saying, like, what, what was I, what I was <laughs> saying is, like, on silent too. <laughs> asshole. I was, uh, I was listening to some of the people that were talking at this event and, and some of the winners and, and some of the people that were, you know, up that place did really well in that tournament. And they're like, yeah, so I started fishing, you know, I started kayak fishing like a year ago. And, you know, I'm like, you just beat like 80 other people, 80 or 90 other people in an event where everybody had exactly the same stuff. If yeah. you beat all those people, you've been fishing kayak out of a kayak for a year, man, fuck you. Because I've been fishing out of a kayak <laughs> for... Fish before like, people even knew you could fish out of a kayak. For so long. And I sucked for so <laughs> long before I ever got like any type of like like a top five or top 10 or whatever it was. And I'm just like, I think the, the, like, I don't, I can't think of the word at, off the top of my head right now, but the, the runway is so much shorter for people are just like taking off right away. I think it has a lot to do with obviously things like YouTube, you know, where all of that information yeah. is available on so many different places and from so many different things. I mean, me growing up, you know, you're watching Roland Martin and Jimmy Houston and Jimmy Houston is throwing a spinnerbait 95% of the time and catching these giants and Bill Dance yeah, is six days worth of filming. Of course. Right. But we not didn't know all that. The time. I don't want to say that, but not all the time, but yeah. But it, and Bill myself, Dance is private stock right. lakes catching but his fish. My 12 year old ass doesn't know that. And so <laughs> I'm sitting there watching these guys. Like, How the fuck are these guys catching all these fish, you know, and I love to see it. Like I love to see people succeed, you know, in this stuff, but like, I'm sitting there looking like, how are you guys finishing in the top 10 kayak fishing for one year? And I'm sitting here grinding for like 10 and, you know, and trying to make these like TOCs and everything else. It's just like, it's wild, man. Like some of these guys, like you're, they're just wired for it. And, you know, mm-hmm. they're just, they're just, catching these fish you know and i was i was talking to a few guys like that i was like how are they catching these fish and and doing so well in these tournaments and they've been doing this for like a year but again that's not to say that they haven't been fishing for 15 years and then they just started getting into a kayak but like you know it's just it's just interesting to see and like you know 
I enjoy it. I like seeing the sport grow yeah. and, and more and more people getting into it. Don't um, say that shit on this podcast. The sport ain't growing. <laughs> kayak kayak fishing is growing. But the sport of fishing ain't growing. It ain't grown. It ain't grown since the mid nineties. You can go listen to Ken Dukes talk about this shit about you know the growth of the sport and the age of entry and all this and that. But now, kayak fishing, the sport of kayak fishing is growing because you can take it is it's it's a it's it is the bridge that wasn't there twenty years Mm -hmm. ago. Yeah. Kayak fishing is the bridge from taking the bank angler mm-hmm. to a boat angler. Yep. They're taking that bank angler, they're getting off the bank, and now they can they can go fish this 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 point that they that they've been casting at for ten years and can't <laughs> ever reach it. Right. Yep. But now they can go fish that. The point of entry, which is becoming an overused term, the point of entry allows people to go from the bank to the water to mm-hmm. fish. So kayak, the industry of kayak fishing has grown. The the fishing industry really has it. Now, we can make an argument with, with COVID and people getting out that it's grown, and, and there's, that's probably truth to that. But how many of those people are not going to be doing it? But right. kayak fishing is growing for sure. Mm-hmm. But we don't – look, we don't – we don't need more kayakers on the dam. We'll take our ass back to the bank. <laughs> you know, no, I mean, I hear you. Uh, but in general, in general, kayak fishing is getting more people on the water, yeah. literally on the water. That That's a unique thing because 20 years ago, nobody would have ever thought there's another way to grow this sport. Mm-hmm. But we, we've we been able to grow it. And, and when people go from the bank to being able to be on the water to fish, they're buying different tackle. They're buying different gear. Mm-hmm. They're investing more money into other techniques and learning other techniques. Like there's a growth in kayak fishing is growing that that niche. Yeah. It's not growing the sport of fishing. Right. The people that are going from the bank or the boat to the kayak are already fishing. Mm-hmm. It's growing the niche of kayak fishing. So there's a lot into that, but you know, this comes back to the why you see the the local these grassroots clubs being successful in a lot of areas. Uh, we're we're in the wild wild west, man. We're in the heyday of kayak mm-hmm. fishing. I think you know, we're we're two or three years from it peaking, right? And then you're going to start to see you're going to start to see the poorly run clubs dissipate, and you're going to start to see a more centralized. Mm-hmm. Um. It, it, in the next five to ten years, it's going to look more like the bass boat world with the regional and local tournaments. It's going to be more compressed. You have to. You have to. The 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 height has to go higher for the smaller clubs to well, get well, bigger. Right, but but the the good the the good clubs are going to be there, mm-hmm. and then you know for whatever reason, attendance poorly run, whatever reason, the other clubs are going to dissipate. For sure. For sure. you're, you're going to have that, but you're going to see a consolidation, I guess is what I'm going to say yeah. in the kayak fishing in the word. next probably five years, you're going to see a consolidation of it, but it's, it's fun. Why there's, we're, you know, there's not a lot of frontiers left mm-hmm. out there and we're getting to participate in a frontier right now. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool and interesting to be a part of that. And it's fun to see the fucking craziness 
and wildness of shit that goes on in the kayak world is funny as hell, man. Yeah. And some people, some people don't like it. Oh, it's bad for the sport. I'm like, no, nah, fuck no. There ain't no such thing as bad publicity. It's how <laughs> you, it's how you use that publicity that makes it bad or good. Mm-hmm. It was <laughs> funny. There was a there was a bass guy that was shitting on kayak anglers, and they called him Lake Lice. I'm like, you better, you better get used to. You better get used to lake lice because there's going to be a lot. Lake lice jet skis. Lake lice are jet skis. Yeah. But I was just, it was just funny to me. Lake lice. I thought that was, it was clever hey, and creative. Hey, one of y'all's boys from Queen City tore, tore old boy's ass up in Alabama, didn't he? Who was that? Jeremy Hughes? Oh, he yeah, with the fight. Guy. Yeah, he, he beat some, a, a yeah. guy hit him. So if y'all hadn't heard the story, you need to go back and listen to KBN. I don't know. It was back in like April or May or something. Anyway, it was, it was one of Jeremy Hughes, one of the lakes in Alabama. He's pedaling back to the ramp at the end of a tournament. And all of a sudden his kayak gets hit by a bass boat. They weren't going fast. Like the guy was idling and hit him and says something about get the fuck off the lake or something. I don't know. And so they had some words. They got back to the ramp, and old boy, and old Jeremy Hughes whooped his ass on the oh, yeah. ramp. <laughs> oh, so good, so good, so good. You know, uh, that's just funny shit, but amazing. I, yeah, most most people aren't most people aren't assholes like yeah, that. Yeah, anyway. I know. Well, look, hey, do you have anything else? Because we've been two hours and eight minutes now, and we got to get into into the bass and brews questions. So, do you have anything else about YouTubing, memeing, or fishing that you, that you want to talk about? I mean, outside of you know, I mean, we covered a lot, but you know, obviously, I'm on the promotional staff of whoa, whoa, whoa. We ain't No, 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 we ain't there yet. All right, we, well, we, that's after the questions. Okay, I'm talking about right now. Like, is there any tidbits of information you can give to people that want to meme? YouTube, Tiki Tac, Instagram, any of the social media shit. Uh, just do it. You know, I think Alex talks about it a lot is just just put it out there. You know, you don't know what you're good at until you just start doing it. And, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be great. It, th- that's that's probably the, the number one thing is it doesn't have to be great right away. You can you can sit here and 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 make video after video after video. And then one video hits and all of a sudden, like you have your little niche and your little space in the, you know, social media landscape. Um, You know, I think, you know, I, I don't know if it was Alex Rudd that said it or not, but like, you know, you can do the same type of video that's that 15,000 other people did, but it's you, it's, it's you doing it. So it's different. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of what I'd say, uh, when it comes to creating on social media and that kind of stuff is just, just do it. I mean, just get it out there. You know, you're not, you're not going to offend anybody, you know? Well, well, you might, but true, but you might, you know, some people get offended by super stuff, but I was, I will say this and you, you, you made me just think of this embrace the shittiness. Yeah, and, definitely. And, and so, definitely. Alex, sure, Alex and I embrace the shittiness by calling this podcast shitty, and we don't have listeners, and blah blah blah. All this, all this stuff. We we say that 
because it's not like most of your other podcasts. Mm-hmm. It's unprofessional as fuck. We drink, we cuss, we swear. There's some inappropriate shit said, but we we say that in jest mm-hmm. because it's just it's part of what we feel like ours is. And you just can't take no yourself editing. too seriously. Oh, we you don't know? edit. We don't edit a damn thing in this podcast. I didn't tell you this when we started, but I figured you knew. Y'all listening, we don't edit nothing. What happens and then what is said on these podcasts is is it. There's no editing. Mm-hmm. Like, this shit goes out raw. It is not live. Sometimes they are. But it, it's as live as it can be. And mm-hmm. we enjoy that part about it. And that's how we roll. All right. Yeah. We're going to get into the, the meat and taters here in a Bass and Brews podcast. Crocs or flops? You know, my wife made me a believer in Crocs. I think the you married a damn good ass woman. The, the, she has she has let you come on this podcast tonight, and she got you into Crocs. I mean, you you struck gold there. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, uh, I I'm aware. You know I'm aware. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're they're perfect. I mean, you know, I typically, you know, you can walk the dog in them. You know, like it's you don't have to bend over to put them on. I mean, it's just they're they're comfortable. I mean, they don't they don't slip on your feet when they get yeah, wet. Like exactly. Well, I Dude, agree. I mean, you, I, they I got they got a sport mode, you know. I mean, you well, just can't. Until, until my dog chewed the four wheel drives off of mine, <laughs> and so now I don't have any. But yeah. anyway, I do you yep. know I've about wore a hole in my Crocs? Can you believe that shit? Now, that I can believe because I probably have two. However, I got a question for you: Do you put the little charms on your Crocs? I, n- nobody has given me any to put on there, but I would. Oh, shit. My wife got like a big like pack of like little charms. So I've got like donuts. I've got like ice cream cones. I got like fish bones on there. I want the little balls. <laughs> Listen, I got, I got, I got some. I got a big pink nut sack that goes on the. <laughs> Like if you were in sport mode, it'd be hanging yeah, off the back. Yeah, the back, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> All right, yep. pineapple and pizza, yes or no? Fuck it, why not? Let's do it. I don't care. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, look, look I, I'm not. I'm not here to I'm be not in anybody's way. Pizza. I'm not going to order pizza with pineapple on it. I'm not either. My fat ass will eat it if it's there. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I will eat it if it's there. Me too. You know? Me too. Do you spend more on a rod or a reel? I'm going to have to go with rod. I've thought about this question a lot. And the, as I get into, as I got into skipping a jig more and more and, and just kind of some of the different techniques and stuff, I can take my spinning rod or my spinning reel and transfer it from one for like between three or four different rods. But I can't do that with, you know, you don't really have the, that leeway with a with a rod so if i'm going to get specific with a rod i'm going to spend more money on a rod than i am a reel for sure so there's a episode of bass kayak and beers with armando on the paddle and fin network that should be coming out next tuesday um so you're listening to this this friday it should be coming out this next tuesday uh he had me a guest and he wanted to focus on this and he, he chose rods. I chose reels. 
And this is, we asked this question in jest as a black and white question, but this is the least black and white fucking question on this podcast. <laughs> like, because I, I like some things I want to, I want to reel, and we talked about this in the podcast. Y'all go have to listen to it with Armando. It, it was good. And, and uh, I'm glad he had me on to talk about it. It was fun. All right. In the three hour session, you want to catch five two pounders, one seven. One seven. No question about go. it. One Hell seven. Yeah. I, and look, Tournament, it doesn't matter if I'm gonna go. If I go fish a tournament, I catch one seven pounder, and I finish dead last, motherfucker. I'm happy. You know what? Oh, I yeah. probably won. I probably won big bass. That's what I'm saying. That's but you probably won I big bass anyway. Seven pounder, man. Hell yeah. That's Hell worth the whole yeah. day of fishing. Are you kidding you me? Need to change that to eight pounder too. I don't know why Alex's ass chose seven. Probably because he's short and he was scared to choose eight. Yeah. Wacky but, rig or tipper's rig? Wacky. All day. I know. If you watch your videos, wacky rig. How do, you, how do you throw a wacky rig and let that bitch uh, like I'll throw a Nico rig, Nico rig all day long with an actual roofing nail in it? Now I ain't paying all that money for no Nico nail. Yeah, fuck, fuck that, that shit. shit. <laughs> there we go. How about hello, punch bug, dilly dilly? What what? God, you fish a wacky rig like on a dock. And Bo, you throw that shit out there and you talk to the camera for like 30 minutes while it sinks to the bottom. <laughs> and then you reel up a 14, a 14 inch uh, uh, spot all the time. Yeah. I, you know, it, it was the first. It was Hold the on, time first. Out. Like, I, have you been drinking dirt at all during this podcast? Yeah. I haven't seen you even take a sip. I have it right in front of your face. <laughs> you haven't drank enough. Sorry, man. But anyway, all right. Finish your question because it <laughs> might go on three hours if you don't. Oh, shit. Well, no. Uh, wacky rig was like the first. That was like what helped me turn the corner on bass fishing. Before I was, before I really discovered like a wacky rig, I would be. It'd be one o'clock in the afternoon, and I'd be sitting next to a dock, and I'd be throwing a spinner bait, just chucking it down to like out like i was fishing from the bank i'd chuck it out towards the the, the <laughs> middle and i'd just reel it in and try to get it as close as i could to the yeah. to the fucking dock but then once i figured out the wacky rig and i started catching a couple fish on it i was like oh okay i get it now like you gotta go underneath that dock in order to 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 find something that's gonna bite and you know that's it just kind of stuck and I just kept catching fish on it. So, I mean, you know, and as a queen city guy, I should have asked this question as sassy stick. Or Texas <laughs> yeah, Rig. Right, because look, right. guys, he's already mentioned it. He's already mentioned it. True South and biz baits. Look, if y'all, if y'all don't believe in, if y'all have never heard of, or if you don't believe in true South and biz baits, go watch some queen shit, the city shit, because that's, that's what they catch a fish on. Yeah, I mean they're, I mean they're local, but they support the hell out of y'all guys. Yeah, too. oh man, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, lights out. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's awesome to have those guys there and and just what they invest in the club and, and Dude, their kind buzz of the anglers. Look bad as shit. I need to get a couple. Yeah, and you know they 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 spend a lot of time and a lot of effort and and everything and and they support everything that Vinny does with the club and just a lot of the anglers that fish in the club. So. You know, and I have confidence in their baits. I love the jigs. I love the the cutter craw um, as a jig trailer. It's my number one jig trailer, and um, you know, can't say enough good stuff about them. 
Do you eat largemouth bass? No, I don't. The fuck is wrong with you? you look, y'all. I don't eat, eat a lot of fish anyway. Like okay, that, I catch don't eat a lot of fish. Just eat the largemouth. <laughs> yeah, but largemouth over here are kind of like coveted because there's but, not well, that here's, many. Here's why. Here's why Lake Norma has little teeny ass spot because y'all don't eat enough of them motherfuckers. Did you see that we did a we did a whole fucking event on culling know, out spotted bass? Yeah, because y'all do, wasn't it last year or earlier this year y'all, y'all donated them, right? It was in twenty twenty. Somebody else. It was okay. in twenty twenty. We did, and uh, no, we did. We somebody else did, donated somebody else, to the Raptor I think Center. A boat tournament did a yeah yeah Raptor Center. Yeah, we donated. Okay. Them. Okay. I won that tournament. It was a partner tournament. Me and Tim Sabella nice. won that thing, um, and I lost well, five fish on my stringer. They just fell off. Yeah. <laughs> How the fuck did they fall off? Listen, dude? listen. No, I had this, you, you, you <laughs> Michigan fuck didn't know how to put a fish on a string. You're correct. So what happened was I took the night <laughs> what before. Was. The night before, I took some fucking paracord. <laughs> oh. <right? laughs> and I tied. I had like some of these metal clips, like these big metal clips. Yeah. And I tied Paraband. like five of them. I tied like five of oh, them on. Oh. Fuck in a line, right? And the last one. I had like three or like five fish on and the knot came off and my, my ass, I was on fish. Like the week before I, I had dialed them in. I had an area that I was going to, I was really confident and I started getting my bite on tournament day and I was, you know, pedaling around and I'm fishing and this stuff. And I got the, my stringer on the side of my kayak and I'm like, all right, sweet. And I was going to do an update. I literally had my camera in my hand and I was like, <laughs> hey guys, you know, I got like, I got like five. <laughs> Fuck. I lost five fish. I lost five fish and they were, they were all like, they had to mostly be dead and they were all on the same clip. And. <laughs> Cause they were small. I mean, they were like little 12 inches. Yeah. So I spent probably 30 to 45 minutes pedaling around the same cove, <laughs> looking <laughs> under docks, trying to find these floating fish. It did slam off. <laughs> no, they were nowhere to be found. Uh, I was look, pissed. The first we, fish. One by one fish. The first fish is your anchor fish. Yeah. So you have to, you, when you, yeah. you run, you run that stringer through the gill out the mouth and then, you mm-hmm. either have a carabiner or you have some kind of like little key ring, some kind of circle, or you t- tie a circle. But that first fish is your anchor. You run everything through the gills to mouth and you run it up. And then every other fish after that, you just run it through the gills in the mouth and the other fish keeps it there. Yeah. So I didn't do it that way. Obviously. Yeah. Well, obviously. <laughs> well, here, PSA announcement. Look, y'all, there's nothing wrong with keeping the legal amount of fish. And if there's a slot, keeping it within the slot. But if you're catching 12, 14 inch fish, if you can keep five of them on a bass, keep them motherfuckers, 12 and 14 inch fish. They ain't shit. There's hundreds of thousands of them in that lake. Keep them and eat them. And if you say bass tastes like shit, I will cook catfish, bass, crappy and carp. And I will fillet them out, and I'll deep fry them. You come over to the house, and you won't be able to tell you you be able to tell the carp, but you ain't gonna be able to tell the other fish from shit. No. So motherfuckers talk about bass don't taste good. You're dumb as shit. That's all I got to tell you. 
Hey, I'm just lazy. Well, cleaning fish is like pain in every little fucking ass. You got to fillet them out and skin mm-hmm. them and do it. You know, look, I'll tell you what. My son likes to have his fish with the head on it. So when I fry fish for him, I gut it and I fry the whole fucking fish, eyeballs and all. There you go. Uh, slow jams are hype music. Hype. Heavy fucking metal. Like, <laughs> as heavy as you can possibly fucking get. Seriously. <laughs> like, if, if people are always shocked when they when they realize my taste in music. Like, the heavier, the better. Like, a couple bands that I listen to, like Nile. Um, you know, like, it started with Metallica, and that's kind of the soft ish side of what i listen to <laughs> now but like just big time heavy metal like death metal growls the unintelligible lyrics all that stuff so when you get to the ramp in the morning you're ready to fuck some shit up oh i'm listening to bass and bruise so yeah i'm ready to fuck shit up oh yeah well you're you're probably cussing <laughs> and throwing shit out the window <laughs> on the way there too about how stupid the shit we're saying are but now no, you're part yeah. of it so good luck yeah so but yeah for sure Hundred percent hype music. Have you ever eaten beaver? No, I have not. You have been down in the south way too long not to have eaten beaver. I've I grew up in Michigan, dude. Like there's, there's tons of beaver up there too. Yeah. No, I don't. No. Well, we we're gonna have to rectify that at some point. <laughs> it is delicious. Well, hey, delicious. I'll try it. Alex Rudd, underrated or overrated? He don't listen to this podcast. No, I know. So truthful. I guess uh, underrated. Sure, why not? Let's why let's play this ego. I don't know. I don't. Honestly, the only reason I know him is from this podcast. So, oh my god, wait till <laughs> wait till show, show Alex hears this shit. But the only reason that a man in this world knows Alex Rudd is because of Bass and Bruce. Honestly, I'm I'm, I'm I'm look. Alex won't get this text for like three months, but I'm going to send it to him right now. <laughs> this is, you know what? This is the shining moment of Bass and Brew. That there's a, there is a, there is a living human being that apparently breathes oxygen that only knows Alex Rudd before this podcast. I mean, I love it. This, the, you know what? My night has made, you don't even have to, you can say the stupidest thing for this <laughs> next question. I'm going to give you the most shit in the world, but I don't mean it because I, oh my God, this is awesome. <laughs> You should have said overrated. Well, that's, that sure. should have been your answer at this point. It's, it's, I mean, it's hard. By now, well, it's hard to that, say anything bad about somebody you don't know. So, no, no, it's not. I mean, that's when you do say what you. That's when you do talk shit. Is but I don't you know don't what to talk shit about. Like I like to, I like to cut. Just so say I they don't fucking wanna... suck until you know otherwise. They don't. Don't give them the benefit of doubt. All right. If you don't right. know them, they fucking suck until you get to know them. They're like, you know, I was wrong about that. This guy's awesome. Jeez, we got to redo this. You know what? I'm going to cut this shit out. We're going to redo that. I'm not All interested. Right. All right. This is the last question. This is this is the question that we're kind of known for. Mm-hmm. This is the question where we had got no shitty answers in a long time. It, mm-hmm. it has been a while. And we still pick on poor little Bailey from Sears Angler's ass about his question because it's the worst one we've gotten. The most recent, and that shit's been almost a year ago now, if not more. Top three sandwich proteins. I thought long and hard about this one too. This is see, this I, is how we know it's not going to be a bad answer because I, 
be prepared. I wanted, I wanted to be, I wanted to get it right, but also, I was like, man, I could really fuck it up too, and it wouldn't be that bad. But I'm gonna go with bacon, mm. fried chicken, mm. and barbecue. There we go. See, Old those pork. are perfect. However, that's good southern. That's good southern answer. Don't fuck it up by how. What I will say. Oh, what I will say is, I was gonna say ranch dressing, because that shit no. is a food group in the Midwest. No. That it's a food group in the Midwest. No. Hambone, hambone. Listen, hambone. trust me. No, no, no. hambone. All right. Right now, <laughs> go make, go make a sandwich, one piece of bread. With an inch layer thick of dressing, don't and fucking another tempt piece me, of bro. bread, and eat it. Don't tempt me. <laughs> Dude, I used to, I, I used to eat mayonnaise sandwiches, but mayonnaise is a protein because mayonnaise ain't nothing but eggs. I have well, I mean, ranch dressing is basically all mayonnaise anyway. I, you're right, but but I I have seen butter sandwiches and I have seen mayonnaise sandwiches. Listen. I ain't never seen no. I ain't never seen no. Oh my god! This basically, I basically bleed ranch dressing. Okay. Who? So, what? What restaurant has the best ranch dressing? Oh, fuck. See, so, all right, all right. A little backstory. <sighs> little backstory. My wife, growing up, all she ate was chicken tenders and cheese fries. And I can't remember. I'm going to fuck this up. But either Texas Roadhouse or Lone Star, one of those places had the best ranch dressing and second best ranch dressing was Outback. I can't I'm I'm messing up the first one. It's one of those two, but anyway, in your opinion, who has the best ranch dressing? So it's I'm going to have to go with there's a local spot here called Lake Wiley Pizza and they have a fantastic house-made ranch dressing. Is it thick or thin? It's thin. Oh, really? I don't. I'm not a big fan of thin ranch. See, I, I like chicken globby. See, I like a little. It's got a. There's a fine line. I mean, there's an art to to making a good ranch dressing, and you got to hit that that sweet spot between what you're talking about, and then it can be too watery. But you gotta you gotta hit that balance, and when you hit that balance, which I think you know. Like it's got to be does. sticky, right? It's got to yeah. be. A, it's got to be. Yeah, it's, when it's, it comes to lettuce, it's got to stick. Yeah, I mean, I and, like a little bit extra. I like that little bit extra pepper in mine too. Like and I'm and pepper. I'm throwing that shit all over pizza too. Ranch so dressing I, on yeah, pizza. I used oh, to spread it on the there, best. but but now but now I if the pizza ain't good and it's good ranch dressing, I'll dip it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I agree. I mean, back in the college days, man, we had gumbies <sighs> at Chapel Hill. And we get Gumby's, and Gumby's had good ranch dressing. And that shit would be in the in the pizza box when you got it, so it'd be all hot and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. but but, but mm-hmm. you only ate Gumby's. You only ate Gumby's post one a.m. and after you had drank, you know, a fifth of liquor or vodka or <laughs> yeah. something. Oh yeah, <laughs> I am very aware of those days. Like oh, you wake yeah. up and yeah. you just, oh my god. All right, Hambone, now, now is when you can shout out the people that sponsor you, support you, that you love, and uh, you know that allow you to go fishing. Yeah, so well, obviously first and foremost would be my wife because she does not complain at all when I say I'm going fishing on Saturday, basically every week. With you? 
No, she would. She just she gets really motion sick, so it's really tough for her to kind of sit on a kayak or a boat in one spot. Like if we're cruising around or whatever, she's on there all day. But to like sit in one spot and fish and like try to get a, like a, a pattern going or like sit there with for an hour and a half, two hours with no fish. Y'all, y'all be leaving at two hours. Time to go home. We we went down and fished in Charleston on a saltwater uh, guided trip, and she had a great time because at first we were, you know, the guide and I were kind of fucking around, and we were, well, we were in kayaks, but Uh-oh. it was windy. It was windy, but yeah. we were just kind of messing around and throwing some artificials, waiting on the tide to swing, to swing, uh-huh. and so the tide finally got low. And we, we made it to our spot and kind of anchored down and started throwing live bait out. And she was the first one to get a bite. Thank God, because <laughs> like. <laughs> so the rest of the day, she oh, thinks yeah. she's going to hit shit. Yeah, well, there we, go. we did actually, we caught, we caught yeah. a lot of fish, but like we were, we were fishing for redfish and, and oh, she was like, nice. so he, you know, we were fishing just with like chunks of mullet or whatever. And when she threw one out and she's like, so what do I do? Do I just kind of like how well i know i get a bite and he's like you'll fucking know <laughs> and she's like the first fish hit just like hammer down and she's like what do i do what do i do and she's like holding the rod like ha ah. but uh no we had you a great time Morans? uh we so the biggest one we caught that day was like 29 inches oh, so shit. yeah i mean it was it was pretty good but you know most of them were probably slot reds yeah. and but we had a we had a great time and I'm definitely going to be heading back down there. I, I already talked her into it. So, but uh, <laughs> first, obviously, first and foremost, my wife Heather. She you know, she lets me fish constantly. Doesn't give me shit about it. You know, she likes to have her time too. She works out like a crazy lady. So, um, she has her fun doing that. I go fishing and then um, you know we relax after that, and then. Um, you know, uh, biz baits, obviously I'm on their promotional staff. They've always supported, you know, you local know anglers. Thank you. They're promo- he, he did not say pro staff. He said promotional staff. Yeah. We yep. have, we have learned, we have learned at least one oh, person on this podcast listen, to say what's right. I, I fell, I fell victim to the, uh, like the, the ardent we real pro staff. No, the other one ardent is mm. is one of the other ones obviously there's Wu tungsten that that just are just brutal and you know like all that shit is so bad for local shop owners because it's just a way to sell directly to the end user and uh go get go get your <clears throat> discount as a pro- promotional staff person i do not have any qualms with that get your fucking discount here's the other thing everybody that uses that code that is a way if you use that code properly that's a way for you to potentially become True. real pro staff yeah, to, to get product. Like they give you that code so they can track what you're doing mm-hmm. and the business you're bringing them. There's mm-hmm. not a problem with being promotional staff. No. Use it, get your discount, give it to people, get them to buy it. It might be something in the future for you, but there's a difference in pro staff and promotional staff. Mm-hmm. Off, I'm off that horse. I'm gonna put that <laughs> back, in, back into the stalls. No, but they've 
Continue They've obviously always, uh, you know, supported us, supported Queen City. And then I just, you know, I got to thank the club, um, you know, and what Vinny's put together. Great promotional staff too, by the way, either way. But you go are. ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, but, uh, you know, obviously everybody in Queen City, uh, you know, we support each other. Um, all those guys support the videos that, you know, we all put out, me, Ryan, sure. Josh, like everybody that, that, that puts out anything. Um, Northeast kayak, uh, Northeast Georgia kayak fishing puts yeah. out some good content. Yeah, and you know, and I'm I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of stuff, but you know, it's a it's a great club. It's great for learning. Um, you know, and and Vinny keeps the wheels on that thing and and keeps it moving forward. So, you know, I got to thank them for giving us the the opportunity. Um, for everybody in in the club, given the opportunity to to fish competitively for a lot of money. I mean, you know, uh, ask Chris Goodwin. He bought a boat for, you know, all the wins he had and, and all that stuff. But, um, a- average pot at Queen City first place is what, $1,700 right now? Guaranteed 1500 right now. And I think, I think there's a guarantee for second place too. I'd have thought, no, I don't know. I'd have to look at it again. I, I should know that, but I don't. All you um, bass anglers that might be listening to this that, that want to talk <clears throat> shit, go get your kite, go fish Queen City. And if you think you're good enough, you're guaranteed fifteen hundred at first place. Guaranteed. And, I, and a lot of times, it's it's usually over around that. nineteen. With yeah, one hundred twenty people, nineteen because it's, he does definitely gives a, you know as much as he can back outside of like fees and and all that kind of stuff and just uh, the pot for the TOC and everything. I think the TOC this year is going to be like. Gosh, I, I mean, I think the winner might walk away with close to five grand. So, you know, where's your TOC this year? TOC is at Clark's Hill. Oh, nice. Um, so we're we're headed down there um, for the TOC, and um, are you going to make know, it? Well, I think points wise, I'm sitting in the top ten right now, but okay. no drops yet. So there's a lot of people. There's a lot of things that are going to shake up. Because you take your, we got ten events. You take your best seven. But it'd be uh, hard to fall out of the top ten. I mean, would they top take top twenty five? Top twenty, and then okay. uh, twenty one through twenty five go to a fish off, and so you have kind of like it's kind of like the wild card, right? So mm-hmm. you, and then there's also another way into the TOC is if you win, you're in. So if you win an event and you fish seven and you for some reason don't qualify in points you're still into the toc does it drop down then so if you have if you have you know first in points one two events does that mean two other people are going to get to get in no roll downs um def vinnie hates roll downs um you know and i i have to agree there's going to be 20 people there's at at least 21 people So, because you have the top 20 that qualify and then you have the the wild card. Okay. Because you have to, you'd have to, um, in, in honestly, even it's all about earning it with, with Vinny. Like, even if there's only one person fishing in the wild card, you still have to go out and catch a limit Mm. in order to make it into the TOC. So, You know, like you could get screwed on like a real bad day. And, and whereas like if you had another person fishing that event and yeah. they didn't catch you anything. Better get, you better one. get some Ned rigs out there and go. Get the yeah. So, um, 
you know, it's it's definitely it's definitely super competitive, but man, we we support the hell out of each other. So, you know, we talk a lot of shit, but um when it comes down to it, there's there's so many people willing to help you learn and become a better angler. So um, you know, if All you right, feel real quick and then we'll end it. Handbone fishing on YouTube. Are you active or can people should people go follow you on any other social media or do you want to steer them straight to handbone fishing on YouTube? Handbone fishing on YouTube is probably the main one. Um, you know, I definitely do post, you know, here and there on uh Instagram and I'm more of a lurker kind of on uh TikTok. But tick-tack. uh the tic Um but uh I need to get more into that. I, there's there's a lot of stuff that you can do with that and it's it's fun, you know, and it's the the reach on TikTok is it's unmatched right now. You just cannot get a better reach on, on a social media platform than TikTok right now. Thank y'all for tuning in to Bass and Bros podcast with ham bone fishing. Absolutely. It's been a good time. Thank you for coming on as a little bit of short notice. And he hopped on like a champ. We're probably going to see him on in the future as a guest co-host while Alex is out uh, patrolling the coast of America. And keeping us safe. Absolutely. Y'all, we sure do appreciate it. Handbone, thanks for coming on. Y'all go check out Handbone Fishing on the YouTube. Check out Hookset Hoodlums. They got some new shit that's dropping. I don't know when, next few weeks. But use code HEELS10 if you buy anything from there. It'll get you a 10% discount. I think it might get you a damn 20% increase now. I don't know. <laughs> But go check that shit out. They get they got do they do have some really good apparel, uh, and it's it's seasonally based, and they put out new stuff all the time. It's really good stuff. Thank y'all, Bass and Brews podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Handbone, what do we say? Hey, <laughs> hey.